Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And well, folks, it has begun. Uh, the largest attempt to uh, get, of course, you know, start to string things along uh, to try to tie, of course, the Russian collusion is still rearing its ugly head and not being helped by uh, Podesta. I'm not Podesta about that too, but uh, Papadopoulos pleading guilty uh, for lying to the FBI. And I've said this for a while. And whereas, you know, it looks like through my uh, research and reading that he was trying to get some uh, meetings with uh, these Russians, but to no avail, at least not, not getting anything, uh, to the higher ups, so and we'll explore and discuss that in more detail this evening. Uh, but it does make me wonder, and I've said this in, in subsequent shows, how far back um, it's gone since uh, there was people to think about this. Not about collusion and, and Russia trying to uh, influence the election, but my question is: is how far back? Uh, did they they set this? I mean, I, I think this is a setup. This smells like a setup. I, I'm hope I'm I hope I'm right because if not, it's going to be terrible. Because then, you know, well, you guys could just see from that. I won't even uh, put that thought out there and entertain the idea. But you know, I mean, this is going to be the first uh, the first thing now. But I'm not worried about the thing. I'm not worried about. I'm not Manafort. Uh, I'm not worried about him. No thing with Podesta. I'm not worried about him. Uh, you know, I'm really not. Uh, my concern really is with this. You know, we're not hearing about it a lot, at least not from uh, the conservative media. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's not reasons behind that. And perhaps we can explore that as well tonight. But uh, this, this Papadopoulos, now, through my understanding, he didn't see much success on, on trying to get these meetings between uh, Trump and Russians uh, directly. Maybe not even some of the the higher ups, but for him uh, pleading guilty, it's either a. I mean, there, I I don't, I still don't think there's anything to it, uh, but it, it, it does smell up as a setup to me, and I think he might be uh, very much put it. And, and I've got an article here, and like I do see the callers. We'll get you in. Push the one on your number dial. We'll get you into the show. Um, but one of the things uh, now, this is from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, dot com, uh, which I believe uh, there may be a link from that uh, from the uh, Bar's Logic Talk website. 
at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. But here's what the Gateway Pundit says. Did Papadopoulos wear a wire for Dirty Cop Mueller? Now, of course, it's kind of uh, information with, uh, of course, obviously it's the opinion put in there. Uh, But it says, as the Gateway Pundit's Jim Hoff reported Monday morning, former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort and business partner Rick Gates were ordered to surrender to the federal authorities. Manafort has officially surrendered to the FBI, having entered the Bureau's Washington, D.C. headquarters shortly after 8 a.m. Eastern time. In addition to Manafort and Gate, uh, former Trump campaign advisor George Papadopoulos was arrested for making false statements to the FBI agents, to FBI agents. Uh, Papadopoulos was a volunteer who repeated attempts to set up meetings between Trump uh, campaign, uh, the Trump's camp, and Russians were outright rejected. And it says, who is this guy? Was he a plant? So these are some things to think about. So reporters are now saying Papadopoulos being a proactive cooperator means he wore a wire for Dirty Cop Mueller. It says, investigative reporter for USA Today covering law and justice, Brad Heath, tweeted, Mueller's office said in a court filing that Trump aide George Papadopoulos, quote, indicated that he is willing to cooperate with the government, end quote. Uh, Washington correspondent for the Toronto Star responded to Heath, Papadopoulos is described as a proactive cooperator. Uh, former prosecutors tell me that sometimes means war a wire. Uh, Gerald Beer, freelance writer for the Weekly Standard, pointed to a 2001 district court case where the term proactive cooperation is generally understood to mean that the defendant will engage in some type of undercover work on behalf of the government. According to the plea, uh, Papadopoulos was arrested on July 27th, according to the plea agreement, July 27th, and signed his deal with the feds on October 5th. The public was unaware of this since the records were sealed. Papadopoulos may have been wearing a wire and worked for the feds for the last few months. Mueller's witch hunt must be shut down. It's out of control and unconstitutional. And uh, so, you know, there's there's some comments on that. So this guy was – I do see folks saying push one number, but I'll get you in. So there's folks already who've been, you know, wearing wires and and, and going undercover. Now, I know these things happen uh, in investigations. But as I said, this all kind of still smells like uh, setup. Now, remember when Trump Jr., uh, someone approached him, uh, this lady who's supposed to be uh, a lawyer, something of that nature, supposed to have information on, on Clinton and it ended up being about Russian adoptions, if you guys recall that. And that ended up being bunk. Uh, it just makes me wonder how, how much of things are, are being set up. And I think we're now starting to see this set up in motion. Uh, and I think it's it's really started beginning. And remember, folks, I mean, I, and I think we're we're doing it because I mean Donald Trump is is out to clean uh, to clean the swamp. I mean, just look at re, you know recent developments, uh, you know, with some of the the establishment Republicans you know deciding not to go for re-election because they see what's coming and the support that Trump has had. Even though with all, you know it's been almost a year since he's been elected, if you can believe that already, um, and. And they're still trying, and, and the people who generally supported Trump, they still do, even after all the stuff they've they've been throwing at them. 
so they've got to, of course, try to come up with something. Uh, and I, I think they're really starting to, to start bringing it out now. So watch out, folks. There's definitely going to be more to come. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and bring Dr. Tolbert in. Thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I think the subject is so non-relevant to the big issue, and that's the involvement of Manafort with the Ukraine and the Clintons with the uranium uh, issues with Russia. And I think everybody's trying to tie this back into the campaign rather than in that had nothing to do with the campaign, that it was about how much money can I make out of country and illegally not put it in the IRS. And that's exactly what the Clintons have been doing for the last 30 plus years. In fact, you know, we've always thought there was at least 50 some people that have been killed or committed suicide under the Clintons. And now we're finding that that number may exceed over 3000. And so here you're looking at a improbable coalition between the Russian government and a person running for the president. So the question would have been, should or a candidate running for a political office have a right to travel to another country and see if that country would support him or her if they became the president. Well, what we know is that our senators and our governors who are running for office do go to Germany and England, and they go to China, and they go to all these countries. So what would be the difference if any one of the individuals at the lower level tried to make arrangements for Trump or his staff or his son or his son-in-law to find out if I become the president, will you be supportive of me? And what would it take for the United States and your country to work together? So under the constitution, there was several universities that concluded that Trump had the right to do that. So everything you're talking about these underage people that got involved in the Trump campaign because Trump was looking for someone that understood politics because Trump did not understand politics that per se. So he brings in Manafort and he brings in people who have the potential of exposing him as a politician had an underlying reasoning to get involved because what they were doing and there was two questions that were asked about Manafort's and Trump's. Did Trump know the background and think that it would not affect him later, or did Trump not do proper homework and was not aware of it? So these are the questions that are going to come out, and should we still fire Mueller, and should he still be in the position when his actions with the Clintons and the fact that he's violated all attorney uh, uh, obligations under the law. So these is the kind of things you're going to have to look at tonight, Robert. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
look into all, all those as well. And it's it's going to be. I mean, we knew it was coming. I mean, you knew eventually it's going to be something. And let's go ahead and we do. We have another caller, and so we'll bring him in. I believe we have uh, on here Jim uh, Condit. So let's bring him into our conversation as well. Uh, thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, fine, fine, Robert. I, I probably can't stay for the whole show, but I since you're talking about the Manafort uh, indictments and so forth, I I just wanted to, I'm sure I'm probably repeating, maybe I just got in a few minutes ago in the middle of Dr. Tolbert's comments, but uh, it is completely outrageous. Again, if, if you or I were given a, a subpoena for one email and we destroyed that one email, that would be a felony if we were you know, given a subpoena from Congress or a court. So Hillary's yeah. 33 May. She destroyed 33 million. She's, uh, I mean, 33,000 emails. She's given away 20% of, uh, or access to 20% of the nation's uranium. And what, what I can't understand is you've got Attorney General Jeff Sessions, you have Paul Ryan, you have Mitch McConnell all acting like they're blackmailed, like they can't do anything. Uh, former Speaker of the House Gingrich on Hannity has said numerous times this is the time for Congress to get involved and do an investigation of Clinton's and so forth and issue a subpoena. Now, the one thing I want to offer they won't is do my it. opinion. Please? Yeah, and they won't do it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Now, if Sessions comes out a week from now and he's got a really good indictment and he was just, then fine. But I don't, I, for some reason, I don't think that's happening. Now, um, the the I want to I don't know if I've expressed this opinion before on here, but I have on uh, on on WLW and WKRC the big talk stations around here that uh, Mueller Robert Mueller is not only a bad guy he's a deep state crook he he presided over the destruction of the crime scene on ni- after 9/11 he allowed all of the steel beams that came down to be loaded into trucks and sent to China and other things that destroyed the crime scene for full investigation. So <clears throat> I felt he was a crook since then. And now he's not Democrat. You know, <coughs> if you watch any cable, MSNBC and CNN and all of the anti-Trump media talk about him like the cat that swelled the canary. They're so reverential toward Robert Mueller and he's so thorough oh, yeah. he'll do such a great job. In the meantime it's it's clear that they feel he is a arsenal or he is a weapon in the deep state's arsenal which he definitely is and of course Hannity has been doing a tremendous job night after night I've been taping his show every night and watching it. He's been a term, doing a tremendous job cataloging uh, all the crimes that are there that Hillary committed, and now that Mueller and Comey and Rosenstein, who appointed Mueller, uh, um, uh, knew about all this uranium deal going on and didn't do anything to stop it. So Hannity's point is, why can how can they investigate when someone needs to investigate them? Uh, you know, covering right. up for Hillary, <laughs> cover, covering up for Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Um, green, you know, letting Clinton and Holder and them do everything they want. So my reading of Comey and Mueller is they started out many years ago to be upstanding lawmen that were going to fight for truth, justice in the American way. 
but they both got compromised along the way. How can it be that Mueller is hiring all these Clinton-related attorneys? He's obviously out right. with Trump. I also don't agree when they keep saying Trump can't fire this or that. Trump can fire the attorney general, uh, no problem, if, if, if Sessions can't do anything, if things get too hot. And then that attorney general can fire Mueller and then let the Congress do what they want and let Trump fight back and so forth. But um, uh, right now you have the absurdity of a uh, prosecutor in search of a crime. Uh, how desperate they but are. But there's supposed to be a crime first and then to do the investigation, isn't it? Yeah, actually, the, the special prosecuting attorney in a sane world would be given a crime. We think there might be collusion with Russia, you know, to affect the election. See if there was. But now he's going off in every direction you can imagine, and it tends to do so. Laura Ingram has the new show on Fox, and she's raising the question of whether the un... Uh, you know, the un guided special prosecutor is even constitutional to put a guy out there and say, just do whatever you want, search for any, this is ridiculous that he should be focused on one thing he's investigating like Ken Starr was, and that's it. And uh, now the other thing is we have coming out uh, in the last few days that I wanted to cut. So that the whole thing's totally backwards, totally absurd uh, why um, uh, you know Hillary is not? It's, it, we do have a two-tier at the moment. We have a two-tier uh, justice system, where Hillary and Holder and Lynch are getting away with felonies and obstructing justice, one or the other. Sometimes Holder, I think, is both. Lynch is obstructing justice, and Hillary is probably both because she was Secretary of State. But here we are in ba- in investigating this 29-year-old volunteer. For the Trump campaign is at Papadopoulos, and as if I'm getting the story right, he yeah Papadopoulos. Gave, uh, okay, Papadopoulos gave uh, uh, what should we call it uh, uh, Mueller and the FBI the wrong date on a meeting, and they're charging him with perjury. They must have something else. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Or they scared him to death. One or the other. That's what they're saying is that he gave them the wrong date of a meeting, and they're charging him with perjury. Well, that's now, the other, thing I, the other thing I wanted to comment on is the absurdity of this new item that, oh, Russia had 55 whatever Facebook groups, and now they've affected 126 million Americans. That's the new story going around the left and MSNBC, and they're getting on and repeating it over and over again. Oh, Russia had all these Facebook entities that they affected 25 million Americans, but then they all shared it with an average of five people. Affecting 126 million Americans, which is uh, like nine, 90% of the voting population. Okay, first of all, they're not saying what the content is of any of these Facebook. I want to see this brilliant content by the alleged Russian companies, which, of course, I don't think they can even prove they were Russian companies. They might just be doing it themselves. But I'd like to see these brilliant messages that they claim switched Americans to voting from Hillary to Trump because they're claiming these messages were affected the, the the election. First of all, as you may remember, none of this was ever brought up during the election. If this was so egregious, you mean now a year after the election, for the first time they're finding out that Russia has all these companies within Facebook that that are uh, the, affecting the election, affecting 126 million American voters. 
And what are these messages? I'm dying to see what these messages are. They never <laughs> say what the messages are so far. I've never heard anybody say even what one message is or why it would have affected anything. Of course, this was not what was implied originally. It was implied that Russia had come in and switched votes. Then, of course, they didn't want people to think that, oh, no, no, no. They didn't, even, they didn't get into the computers and switch even one vote because they don't want anybody thinking that thought. Uh, but but, they, but they, 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 they came in and they affected the election. Well, how did they affect it? What are these messages? And then, of course, Glenn Beck had somebody on this morning reverentially uh, treating him, this guy who was saying how, oh, the Russians have just got into Facebook and that Facebook's got to do something. And the implication is that Facebook's got to censor Facebook. In other words, and then Glenn Beck and him are saying this morning, I just happened to hear it while I was driving, Oh, we're not for censorship, but we got to do something. What they'll end up, what they're probably angling to do, is censor people that are onto what's going on and try to censor people that are pulling the mask off of this, these deep state operations. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, "Well, we're not censoring the, the Facebook or the internet per se. We're just fa- uh, censoring these horrible people or these horrible countries that are trying to ruin our democracy." They also were per the absurd saying that things being posted on Facebook by Russia will ruin our our democracy. We know it's a republic, but they're saying we'll ruin our democracy if we don't do something. How will this ruin our democracy? You mean everyone knows there's Russia today. That's a television station out of Russia. Everyone knows that. that that's all over the Internet. That broadcast, I think, even in the United States through some outlets. Well, what do we got to shut down Russia today? We, in other words, I want to see this propaganda that's so brilliant that a lot of uh, Trump vo- Hillary voters were convinced to become Trump supporters. You know, which again, I contend <laughs> right. none of this existed. None of this existed, or they would have brought it up during the campaign. The problem is they're just thinking of it now. I, I contend the deep state has think tank tanks. And these think tanks th- are got all kinds of scenarios on the board. I believe they have a scenario on the board to assassinate Trump. They don't want to do that. They got another one to keep him busy with all these uh, disasters and things. But they they're doing scenarios all the time. I believe uh, that's again just a guess. I don't have any inside information. But well, obviously somebody has thought up that they can maybe make some hay towards censoring the internet and censoring Facebook if they now say that Russia who's front organizations put all these brilliant messages on Facebook. And again, I haven't even heard of seen one. I still have seen no evidence that Russia affected the election. And of course, as many experts have said, you can always, someone can always make themselves look like China or Russia. So to say, right. that, anyway, you, you get the drift. So those are the two things I wanted that we got everything totally backwards right now. Uh, and something has to be done to rein in Mueller and again, the Congress should probably – somebody in Congress has introduced something. I don't remember who it was today. But somebody introduced something to limit Mueller's scope, and that would be a good thing. Congress should step in and limit his scope to uh, collusion between Donald Trump and Russia on the election. That's what they should limit it. They'll have nothing there, and that will be the end of it. But if, if the way it's going, um, you can tell from why – I check in on the cable networks every day. Sometimes a little, sometimes a lot, and some people in the you know in the conservative and the right wing movement will proudly say, 
I never watch television. Okay, fine. That's fine. I, I can understand that. But I watch for enemy research. As long as they have the elections fixable by computer fraud, see what CNN and MSNBC uh, and, and the news items that Fox cover matter. Because this is, uh, by watching CNN and MSNBC, reading the New York Times, which I don't do, but let's say I hear about an article from them, but the, this tells you what the big boys in the deep state are thinking. This tells you what they're trying to get the people to think, ABC, CBS, and NBC as well, and CNN, and so forth. Um, this tells you what they're thinking. That's why I watch them. I watch them to do enemy research. And so some of this stuff they're just coming up with now, and uh, that's why. But if they could not, if we went back to hand-counted paper ballots in every precinct, which is about what we're about to submit to the Trump election. Yeah, that's what we need. If we did that in every, and we say exactly how to do it, when it's posted, I'll tell you, it'll be posted on the uh, Trump uh, Presidential Election Commission website. It'll be pr- pr- uh, uh, posted on watchthevoteusa.com. It tells exactly what to do. So if you had, and again, we're saying we got to change our attitude. We got to treat elections like a military operation, like we were going to invade a country. We would have to, or we're going to defend ourselves against an invasion. It has to be that precise, that thorough, that well-funded. So if you have enough people getting paid well, because election workers during the day are also treated like galley slaves, and it's like a distasteful job. I've done it, I know. <laughs> only the most civil-minded will do because they're not getting paid anything. Well, when we want to go invade Iraq or something, we spent $4 billion a month for the first 12 months. $4 billion would pay three million people a hundred dollars to can count elections for the next i think the next 24 years four billion dollars would so the point is as ben carson said if if we could count elections honestly if we wanted to but as, if that were the case and then you filmed what they're doing audio and video you had a film of we're filming the ballot and the audio is the uh each team called it out you would then have a permanent record and even if if all four people at each station wanted to cheat, they couldn't because it would be filmed and streamed over the Internet. Everyone would see them cheating if they weren't counting out the votes right and counting them right. So it could be done easily, and it, whatever expense or, uh, is needed, then you would see what the real votes were. Then they would cut out these phony polls uh, that doctor, uh, the doctor was talking about in Florida. They, they, they published – you know, the, the, your poll might say you're getting 20 percent. Their poll says you don't even register. And then the vote comes out. You don't need to register because it was all counted in secret on computers. So the point is, if we had that, I would not watch MSNBC, CNN or The New York Times because they would have no influence. Well, you look trying to find articles and stuff online, too. I mean, it's it's all liberal shit. Excuse my French. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. All, it's, it's all well, liberal stuff, even if you're trying to find articles online. I wonder yeah, if but you know making... the thing is, yeah, the thing is though, all these names of these um, multimedia are on my Facebook account. So when I post something on CNN or CBS or uh, Times or whatever, and I post articles, I am getting people that are Russian, that are in Washington D.C. that are protesting and saying we need to take down America. And they're saying they're Russian, they're saying they're communist, and they disagree with what I'm writing, and they want to take over America. So when we talk about the Russians, well, they're following CNN. They're on CNN. And 
CNN oh, yeah. and all these people are all on my Facebook. So I have hundreds and hundreds of multimedia that are now part of my Facebook. So my Facebook is television. It is the radio. It is everything that you're going to watch. And so now I can write an article on immigration or Russia or China or, or Sawyer's or the Clintons, and I can post that article on their thing where they have a million followers. And out of those million followers, there's people that will say, you're a communist, you're a socialist, you know, you're part of Hitler's movement, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're Russians and we're, you know, all this stuff is going on right now. But who's looking at who owns the voting machines in Venezuela is the same people that own the voting machines in the United States, the same manufacturers, the same people that, that put the money in Sawyer's and Bill Gates. And, you know, you're, you're entirely correct. Can I modify a computer voting machine and show the interruption by Russia when Russia had nothing to do with it if I'm Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation? The answer is absolutely. So everything that goes on right now is a total facade. So, yeah, the the Facebook and, and all of the social media, I believe, has already overtaken CNN and MSNBC in reality. But as long as their cohorts can fix the voting machines, we, we, we almost got to pay attention to see what they're trying to push to try to counter it. But, yeah, so, so again, if we had a, that hand count, uh, especially it was filmed as well as hand counted, then, you know, because you film right. shop, with shoplifters, you film. You, you don't assume uh, everybody's innocent. You assume in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a shopping store, in, in a, you know, in a department store, that everybody may be guilty. You know everybody's not going to shoplift, but you have to treat everybody that way, so the film films everybody. Same in voting. Uh, once you get the hand count, then you, vote, you, you film it, assuming that everybody might want to cheat. That's the, way you, that's the way you do anything when you're trying to protect a system. And uh, as one of the experts said, that uh, computer experts that testified before the Trump Election Commission on uh, September 12th, he said, we... We should have elections where we don't have to trust any any person or any organization, and that's correct. So, anyway, Robert, that's pretty much my uh, my my take take on things uh, at the moment. It couldn't be more absurd. And Hannity is doing a great job. I don't know if anybody's watching him at all, but it, it, you can almost get up to speed any night by watching him. And then, of course, this this FBI this guy that the FBI gagged under Comey and Mueller. Um, um, uh, uh, or at least under Comey. Mueller, I think, was somehow working with Comey then. He has been ungagged, and he's got two good lawyers. One of them is, uh, I think her name is Victoria Tensing. That's not her, that's her maiden name. She's married to Joe DeGeneva. Have you ever heard of him, Robert, Joe DeGeneva? Well, I get, uh, we've got Kelly and John on the line. Let's bring them in. We're certainly going to you know, bring some more uh, uh, into the the show on the on these points, yeah, and then yeah, go go ahead. But but I just want to make the point that Joe DeGeneva is an attorney in New York City. His wife is Victoria Tensing. They're the lawyer for this this guy that's been ungagged by uh, the they by um, the Attorney General's office or the FBI the other day. And this guy is going to start testifying about what went on with Hillary and Mueller and Comey. And they do have two go. good lawyers, so I think we can look for some good stuff to come out of uh, Joe DeGeneva. Tensing has been on Hannity, 
and she's the lawyer for this guy. They haven't revealed his name yet. Okay, I'll yield the floor, Robert. Thanks for having me again. Oh, definitely. We'll bring uh, things back around to everybody. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly. How are you? Hey, good evening, everybody. Um, Hillary, uranium, of course, and there's upsidasium and administratium. Have you ever heard of upsidasium, Robert? Uh, no, Norris. Uh, what was that? Uh, administratium. Tell us more about those. Administratium. Upsidasium, too much of that element, and it, it makes you float. But administratium is, uh, <laughs> well, it's a rare earth element found only in capital buildings like Washington, D.C. or Sacramento, sometimes county seats. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we, we got you. It was yeah. a pause there. I didn't know whether we, hit, we lost you, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there are symptoms of administratium. Uh, what are those? Yeah. What, what are those? Well, if you're a government, you know how you hear those uh, pharmaceutical disclosures, you know, at the end of a commercial? Oh, uh, yeah. If you cause all this stuff, what are those side effects? <laughs> yes, yes. So if you're a government worker and you've had uh, exposure to administration too long, side effects include laziness, dizziness, incompetence, being overpaid. Many sick, days, many sick days from work while still getting paid. If you're a politician, the radioactive effects of administratium includes slurred speech, slight political speeches, making promises to get reelected you know you'll never fulfill, insider trading become filthy rich, representing special wealthy interests, lying, voting for bills you haven't read, flirting with young women, making statements like, I don't remember those chocolate cherries, and after many terms of exposure, in severe cases, other symptoms of ups- of administration include multiple statements like I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember corruption, bending to corporate lobbyists, and after enough exposure, forgetting the United States Constitution, also forgetting the constituents who voted you in. Severest effects of an administration is getting your ass booted out of office. That's just you know maybe that's why Hillary can't think straight with uranium and administration. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Kelly. So, so what, what's your, what's your just, kind of take? You know, they they, they said uh, you know a grand jury is called, and now they got these these uh, three indictments, and I'm sure there's going to be more coming down the line. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. Well, we we know we're not going to see Hillary in that. At least, at least not if Mueller is still in there. But go, go ahead, Kelly. Well, Manafort, Mueller, guys getting indicted to start with an M. Uh, I wonder if there's a bunch of M people in Congress we'd like to have removed. Uh, McCain, that's another one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, I just wanted to open up with a little humor because we're going to get serious uh, later. And uh, oh, yeah. I just wanted to say I've uh, tried, tried with these people. But, yeah, the injury stuff, that is pretty serious. And uh, but I'll, I'll, later I'll tell you how the actual federal grand jury round and indict Mueller, who's the prosecuting attorney. Yes, the grand jury has that power, but that's for later. That would be great. Go ahead, Kelly. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, yeah, I'd like to see Mueller get get him indicted. Go ahead. Um, Well, yeah. um, Okay. 1988, Siskiyou County, California. The district attorney... 
Charles Sloat was indicted by the county grand jury. Hmm. Grand juries have indicted. County judges, county supervisors, state uh, judges, as in on the Supreme Court, federal judges, hmm, Joe P. Garson, New York City, uh, actually he was a New York State Supreme Court uh, judge. They don't call him justices there, they call him judge. And Jerry Adam and his cousin, too, eventually, who was also a judge, just kind of a nice little corrupt deal going on there. Um, Jerry, according to the United States Attorney's Manual, yeah, the one that Mueller's supposed to read, um, uh, it states very clearly you must be reminded that the grand jury is an independent body. So if they knew their power, they could say, hey, Mueller, aren't you uh, one of those top people there that helped kind of cover up the uh, 9-11 evidence? And didn't you do this? And didn't you, what's going on? Why are we, should we even listen to you? We should be putting you on the witness stand and we should be asking you questions. Well, uh, e, uh, er, uh, okay. But it just so happens they picked a district that pretty much hates Trump, which would, uh, that would be district Oh, yeah, District of Columbia, uh, the grand jury there. Um, yeah, they picked the federal grand jury, say, out of uh, oh, Missouri. Yeah, I don't think this would be happening. But grand jury has subpoena power nationwide. Any federal grand jury does. So just kind of pick one. Hey, there you go. And as you um, – of course, you have to look at the Manafort side of things, according to the things I read – he uh he didn't he was he does not have a lily white hat. He looks like he's been hiding a lot of money and doing things illegal, which means mm-hmm. he was probably easy prey, you know, fish in a barrel, uh, for any prosecutor in a grand jury and it makes Trump look pretty bad. So hmm Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm so stunned by this whole double standard thing. You know? It's like collusion with the Russians. What about selling the Russians our uranium that they can use as weapons against us? Hello? Um, Well, what their their quote-unquote defense is for that, uh, Kelly, is is saying that, oh, well, it wasn't actually us who did it. It was a company that was a a Canadian company uh, that sold the rights uh, to the – of our uranium that used to be theirs over to the Russians. I I believe that's what their defense on, on, on that is. Yeah, well, who's the chair? Who's on the board? Would it be just happened to be? Right, uh, we allowed it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember those chocolate-covered uranium pieces. Um, sorry, I just just blown away. But um, yeah, I want to let somebody else talk for a while, and uh, we can come back, or people can ask questions, whatever. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get uh, uh, talk to John. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing well, Robert. Um, you know, it's kind of ironic. I'm I'm in agreement with Kelly. The double standard is very creative in this, or I don't even know the word. It's revolting. But also, too, where in the world did they ever get the evidence or facts or anything to justify the initial investigation? It's all basically a fishing expedition. And it doesn't ma- to me. It, it doesn't matter if you're left, right, you know, independent or whatever. The justice system is being shredded, and for them to just auto- automatically say, "Oh, we're going to have this suspicion about such and such," well, what was it that gave them the suspicion? Did it actually 
bring forth any facts and evidence that would um, qualify to bring forth a probable cause warrant for them to even get into Manafort's, um, wherever he lives, you know, I don't know what he lives in, whether it be a townhouse or a regular house or what, but for them to be able to just keep that all in secret and then act like they're doing justice, but, you know, that's all speculative. And they leave it in secret, just like what um, Mr. Condit was talking about earlier, about all these ads and stuff. And they say, oh, these ads were from these people and whatnot that are supposedly Russian. They're going to convince all these um, Hillary people to vote for Trump. That that kind of ridiculousness, the the fact that um, the justice system couldn't even look at President Obama when he explicitly and expressly lied to the face of the American people. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and you're going to save $2,500 a year. I mean, that's explicit, express. Well, it's okay. You're you're allowed to lie to the American people. It's just Congress and the FBI and things of that nature that it's a felony to lie lie to. Go ahead. Please, please. Please, Robert, don't even kid about that, because most people kid about that so often that now they are making it a reality. And I'm just like, we're borrowing our own trouble by even pandering to that kind of teasing or whatever, making fun of it. It's it's so absurd, it's ridiculous. But the absurdity, you know, reality is what they call it, stranger than fiction. What is that term? Uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, reality, reality is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in this and in these cases, reality, I mean, is stranger than fiction. And you have um, the, like, I think Mr. Um, Condit was saying, too, about having these voting systems where you have a camera and whatnot. Well, the Congress or somebody in government is going to figure out a way to say only our camera is going to be the only valid camera. And then they're going to use a special technique to lock it out on the Internet so that way you can watch it, but you can't record it. So I'm saying, hey, even if you have a system as I don't know what the details of what Mr. Condit was presenting or proposing, but even if you do have a camera, watching that thing. You need to make sure that all of the citizens in those precincts are able to use their own handheld camera to copy it all, too. So that way, because if you're a very good graphic artist and you know how to edit film and video and movies, I guarantee it, you can fake the film. There's, there's, and you, just like he was saying, too, about how some of these people were talking about, oh, some of this stuff was from Russia, and he thought, well, maybe it might just be from some of the Democrats or, or DNC people or whatnot. If you're a very good hacker and you know how to use certain kinds of tools or create them yourself, then you can make it look like that you were using routers and that you originated from Russia, and you could be in Iran, and you just want to make America get in a fight with um, Russia, so you use your skill and technique to make all these things look like Russia did it. So now America and Russia is fighting, and Iran sitting back there laughing, or North Korea is laughing at watch. Look at them all fighting. They're and, you know they're getting what they want because Iran and North Carolina, uh, uh, North Korea would love to see um, Russia and America get in a fight. Number one because they know that Russia's on their side. 
So they would back Russia, and if Russia comes in as the strong arm, then they jump on board to help Russia beat up America. Then they feel that America can get beat up because who else is going to jump in to save America? Maybe, what, uh, Israel? I, I don't know very many other people that, I mean, I'm sure there's other people. Great Britain, to a certain degree, would probably try to help. But it just it's just the game that's being played and the double standard and stuff, and they're ruining the, the um, justice system on purpose because they want to use the whole – it's just like all of the immigrants coming into America, and then this guy goes crazy and shoots up the place, and he supposedly leaves a letter saying he's from Islam. You know, this just recent when he drove the truck over the top of these people just a day or so ago. Well, hey – the people who are vetting America, if they're globalists, they like that idea because the more um, that kind of disruption in our society, then it's going to be more easy for them to say, oh, we need more money for this, we need more money for that. Well, we run out of money, and now we're in such a bad strait, and money-wise, we're going to have to go to the U.N. and the World Bank. Oh, now we're basically under a one-world government system because we have to have their help. Back to you, Robert. Well, and that, that kind of brings me to uh, the, this article I have uh, here, and it's it's what went on. You can get it uh, from going to uh, the Bard's Logic Political Talk dot com's uh, newsroom. It is a, a Fox News article, and you know, one of the things it's uh, the title of the article is Greg Jarrett. Still no evidence of Trump Russian collusion, but Hillary is a different matter. Now, one of the things to be you know is important is. Yeah, through my understanding, and any of the gentlemen here can correct me, but you know, even if there was, there's, even if it shows that he was colluding, and this is what I was, I said earlier about, I don't think there's any type of crime. I think they're doing, uh, and I can't remember who pointed it out, but it's like basically they want to get people. You know, for the quote unquote cover up of the crime. So there's no crime out there at all. They just want to investigate people, make people nervous. And I think, you know, I think that you said that there was a date was wrong or something of that nature, Jim, where, oh, oh now we got gotcha. you. Because then they want to get people who they can somehow link to the Trump campaign, right? And say, okay, well, these guys did something illegal to make Trump look bad. You know, they're all, they're, they're just dying to, to get him impeached. But even, let's say, they did. I mean, they did talk to Russians. I mean, even if there was collusion, which there's not, there's nothing illegal. There's no statutes that have anything to do with that. Is that that's correct, right? Yes. And, but see, also the point that you, you're making too is the fact that they're bringing a doggone investigation based on false pretenses. So they're illegal from the get-go to even start the investigation because they they're just doing like a fishing expedition. Well, yeah, and then, and well, and also, and the, the, the about the other parts. They're distracted with the other parts, and nobody's talking about, you haven't even proved that there's um, justifiable, um, probable cause to start the investigation in the first place. Well, and in the, in, in, in part that you said that is that a big part of the reason why they even got the, uh, you know, started the investigation or spe- uh, special uh prosecutor is due to the uh, or counsel or whatever they're, they're calling it is because of this dossier remember that dossier everybody's the trump dossier uh, and then this part of the uh, uh the article says, says it is against the law for the clinton campaign and the democratic national committee to funnel millions of dollars 
to a British spy and to Russian sources in order to obtain uh, the Trump dossier. You know, the Federal Elections Campaign Act prohibits foreign nationals and governments from giving or receiving money in U.S. campaigns. So if they're talking about, you know, emails and links and, and things of that nature, well, that's not money. But if they're giving this Russian spy, I'm not sorry, this, this British spy money in order to try to uncover things on Trump, that's illegal. So, you know, and, and that's what I was saying earlier. And, and if you look at, uh, you know, and then if you look, because I try to, you know, find not only from the website, Bard's Logic website, but also, you know, articles, news, and things of that nature, you know, on this, you know, it, you know, tie in. Uh, you know, Clinton with what's going on, try to hide what she's done. That's what I think a big part of it is, is just obfuscating, <laughs> again, you know, what she's been a part of. Of course, don't, don't anyone here find the timing of, of, of this, you know, uh, with these uh, indictments, how they're coming shortly after, you know, all this, you know, all this was again being uh, coming out again. And you mentioned uh, Sean Hannity about the uh, uranium scandal, Uranium One. Well, now they're going to bring uh, some more smoke and mirrors by putting out these indictments. And if that was the first, one of the other previous articles uh, that uh, Papadopoulos was arrested in July. So if he was, was arrested in July and he pled guilty, we're just now finding out about it. Why are we just now finding out about it? You know, they would talk about when you put out, you know, when you put out information. I find it kind of interesting. It's it just now. Yeah, they're starting. To, they're putting out the information about him getting arrested and pleading guilty. I mean, it's not like he just pled guilty a little bit ago and then, or was arrested a little bit ago and then pled guilty. To my understanding, and they're playing the, you know, it's like secrecy. We got to keep all this stuff under wraps. We can't tell everybody all this and that because it'll jeopardize the investigation. But at the very first point. I just keep wanting to stress, how do you start a doggone investigation and indictment on heresy, on just rumor? That don't make sense to me. That's not our justice system. It never has been. Well, I guess it's starting to be, but that's the bigger point that I just don't get. I don't understand it. Um, The uh, grand jury can issue a subpoena based on hearsay. Um, I believe, yeah, U.S. versus Morton Salt, and there's a couple other court cases and if you think logically about that um, cops on the street that are doing an investigation okay Bob was murdered well uh, Sally's the girlfriend talk to Sally Sally says I don't know go talk to Dave really do you know anything well Dave says we'll talk to Ed Ed and Bob had problems well that's all hearsay and so the cops can follow those hearsay leads and do investigations until they get to the truth it's a necessity, if you will, of an investigation is to operate on hearsay. There's some <clears throat> some states um, that allow an indictment based on on hearsay, but uh, California is pretty tough. You got to have enough evidence to convict somebody before you indict them. Um, but yeah, the, um, yeah. But the, but then once you, get, once you get to the um, court case, though, you can't you can't. Um, you have to convict on on evidence. Uh, in other words, Adam Schiff, the congressman from California, who Trump has dubbed sleazy Alan Schiff, and he certainly looks like it when you watch him on TV. He said that the uh, 
federal government will never be able to show us the evidence that, tr- that Russia interfered in the election because it deals with, quote, national security. Well, that is not our justice system. And uh, national security, when it's invoked, I believe 90% of the time is to protect the deep state that's trying to enslave us and not to protect national security. The idea that they're going to say, we know we have 17 intelligence agencies, one lies, the other swears to it, my grandma used to say. There's really only three Mm -hmm. major Now they say there's 17. So they got 17 deep state operatives lying to to, to confirm that. Well, so what? We're not going to have the country be whipsawed on this type of thing. What is the evidence? Well, we can never show you the evidence. Okay, then shut up. Shut up. If you're claiming that we have to, you know, uh, make major legislation or indictments or policy on evidence you can never show us, then just shut up. We, <laughs> yeah. and I think making it up. I think they're just making stuff up that never happened. Jim, well, let me uh, let, let, let me can I let me try some question? of the dirty. dirty go ahead. Well, uh, I want to respond to Jim, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just because of what Kelly was saying earlier and the, what Jim just answered, it falls right in with what I'm trying to ask is. Whenever you have an investigation, the basis that it actually starts the investigation has to have some kind of something more than just speculation. Otherwise, I mean, you can just run roughshod over everybody, and that's against the Fourth Amendment or the Fifth Amendment because it's unreasonable search and seizure without probable cause. And for them to say, oh, well, we have a suspicion that Manafort and just you know, from that standpoint, Manafort did this or that. Well, where's the basis to justify that your suspicion has just, you know, probable cause in order to get a warrant to go into his apartment? Because otherwise you're just fishing for something. That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, go ahead. Is that you, Kelly? Yeah, there's... There's multiple levels of the situation, okay? And I, I've read enough that I can take a really good guess about the drift game that happened in the background, okay? I'll get into the <clears throat> dirty games here in a bit. So this report, can you hear me okay? Uh, can you hear me okay, Robert? Well, you sound like you're uh, breaking up you there. Me? Is that happening with everybody else? Oh, just a certain location I'm at where I live. Okay. Um, okay. It's the grand jury's job to investigate crimes or offenses against well, the United States federal grand jury, and that's uh, their duty to their duty to investigate, not the attorney general's job. Although the attorney general can help. And this is uh, U.S. versus Frisbee. In the 1895, and then uh, Justice John Roberts did a video on the grand jury and grand jury service. He even said, you know, after this demo of jury duty and service, what happens in a grand jury, he even said it's a grand jury's job to investigate crimes. He said it himself, and that's very recent. So it's a grand jury's job. However, the prosecutor um, pretty much takes over. Now, that's that's not good, but – Back to the sole grand jury power, besides issuing their own subpoenas, if they need help, they get help with the judge. But they do have the power. It says it very clear in U.S. versus Morton Salt. 
um, a grand jury can issue a subpoena based on hearsay, but it also can investigate if it just wants assurance that the law is not being violated. Now, wouldn't you really want, common sense-wise, wouldn't you want everyday citizens to investigate the federal government and be in oversight just that they want assurance that the law is not being violated? In California, we have civil grand juries to do this. In, in every county, they look at the operations of the government and provide uh, a lot, a lot of assurance that the government is operating efficiently and corruption is not happening. And the Supreme Court has said, yeah, if you, even if you want assurance, the law is not being violated. Now, under the, our natural sense of suspicion, you have the right to be suspicious. I have the right to be suspicious. If I want to turn that suspicion into an accusation without evidence, I'm going to look like an idiot. But a suspicion arouses curiosity, which causes an investigation to confirm or deny facts, go different directions, and find, get to the bottom of the truth of the situation. So we need this power, and the grand jury's had this since, oh, the grand inquest, uh, the disease of Clarendon, 1166, back in England, clarified a little more in the uh, Magna Carta of 1215. Anyway, so it has this power, but again, practically, the prosecutors run the show. Sol Watchler, he was a chief judge of New York back in the 80s. Um, he was interviewed by, uh, I think, the New York Times, and he made this famous statement. Any seasoned prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. So when the grand jury knows their power, they're supposed to be operating under jury nullification, just like in a pettit jury or trial jury. Next thing, no, we're not going to do this. We're just not – no, there's not enough evidence here. But here's where it gets interesting with the present Manafort situation. And we get into the dirty tricks of prosecutors, Okay. They probably went to the low-hanging fruit. Okay, Manafort, yeah, from what I've been reading, it looks like he's low-hanging fruit. He's fish in a barrel. Okay, this is him. So they make a backroom deal. Hey, I tell you what, if you testify against Trump and some other people, we'll give you a lesser sentence. You know, you're facing 30 years out, we'll give you four. If you will testify against Trump, what am I going to say? What we tell you to say. Right. What? Now, this might be a way to make well, you want to spend... step up like I suggested earlier, guys. Yeah, so do you want to spend 30 years behind bars, or do you want to say what we tell you to say about Trump, and you'll only get four years? So you start getting the low-hanging fruit, um, arrested, going to trial, all this blah, blah, blah. Pretty soon you can take these people, and you can manipulate them however you want to make whatever statements you want them to say. That's the dirty business that I mentioned earlier. That's the dirty business. But so this isn't only, looking good. Away. Part of the only is reason they're getting away with that, Kelly, is because they're able to do this initial move towards an investigation with just hearsay. Otherwise, they're using your own system. They're going into your house, getting your own um, information, and doing a... a fishing expedition to find out where you may have broke the law because there's 40 million laws on the books. They're going to find one they can get you on. Oh, we found out you broke the speed limit over here and we got it on tape. We're going to blackmail you now, or you didn't pay your taxes on time or whatnot. Well, we're going to make you refile your taxes. Otherwise, you better cough up what you, you know, tell us um, what we want to hear about Trump, but otherwise we're going to hurt you. That's just unjust from the start. I know. Well, let me tell you what happened. Where was the, let's see, uh, 
Let's go to the Boston Massacre, 1770, King Street in Boston. Uh, nine soldiers shot and killed, uh, was it five or seven colonials? Within three weeks, the grand jury had them indicted. Why? Because the grand jury got busy. There was a lot of people. Where was, where was the Attorney General of the United States? Didn't exist. Of course, they went to trial. Uh, John Adams, who would later be president, defended, and two of, them, two of the British commanders got a death sentence. That's how it was working. It was called a grand inquest. Blackstone's commentaries on the law, meaning the British law going back to um, Howell State Trials, 1719, going back 1600s, all the way cases they found um, even before Magna Carta. Anyway, grand inquest, the locals investigate. Oh, wait a minute. Where was the Attorney General of the United States during the Magna Carta? It didn't exist. Where was, the, where was the Attorney General, as in the Justice Department? Where was the Justice Department in 1820? Didn't exist. The Justice Department didn't exist until 1870. There were some U.S. prosecutors doing the work, as well as grand juries, as well as federal marshals, as well as the help, uh, help of local, well-regulated militia folk. That's how things were operated. Well, how did we go for? From 1776 to 1870 without a Justice Department. Oh, goodness. A lot of everyday people in the grand jury knew his power. Okay, where did the FBI come from? When was it born? FBI wasn't born until around 1905, and it was created by the Justice Department. It was called the Bureau of Investigation, and it was called the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And the excuse was, well, we need more... uh, for the Justice Department to exist in 1870, they were complaining we need more attorneys to investigate things. What? How do we investigate crimes? Okay, obviously they were somehow, but then here comes in the attorneys. You know, when the attorneys come in, then you have all sorts of problems because the problem with attorneys, it's the 90% that make the 10% look bad. So the attorneys are taking control. <clears throat> that was a joke, by the way. Um, I know, because it's usually backwards. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why don't sharks bite attorneys? Professional courtesy. All right, so you get the attorneys taking over 1870. They're growing, they're growing into the FBI. They created the, F- the FBI, and then it grows, and all of a sudden uh, it grows to the point where the grand jury just kind of sits there, and we're watching a show like we're watching a game show or participating in a game show. We just, we're sitting here as participants. No, they're not getting out into the field, finding out what's going on, and that's why a grand jury can be manipulated. And that's why, of course, I wrote all my books so people can understand their power if they ever get on a grand jury. And by the way, I have been before a grand jury at my request. It happened last year. So this whole thing, is, it's a slow, incremental takeover of our government. You know, somebody ought to ride uh, down the street like Paul Revere when, you know, when he said the British are coming, the British – Somebody ought to be riding on a horse saying, the attorneys are coming, the attorneys are coming. (laughs) But the states – now look at this differently. The states, most states you have to elect the attorney general. It's not appointed by the governor. It's not appointed by the governor. No wonder why Obama got away with so much corruption because his attorney general was protecting him. So if, you, if you're in a state and you've got a Democratic governor, vote for a Republican attorney general and vice versa because they're going to be watching each other to try to um, find fault. But in the federal government, no, this, it's all messed up. Oh, but wait, there's checks and balances where Congress can call for special counsel. 
I've seen that in the statutes. Well, good. Congress can call for special counsel. But who arranges the special counsel? The attorney general does. He's got his hands in the pie again. I don't think so the left-hand media is doing us justice for a justice system towards Trump, though. Whenever they don't want a balanced argument to find justice, they just want to taint the darn argument for their principle or their whatever you call it. Their right, cookie. right. Well, what, 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 what I'm trying to tell you about the present federal grand jury system, unless they know their power, the attorney general's office has too much power, A, they can block evidence and drop the investigation, and guess what? No indictment should not to be held to account, so you can get away with murder. Ted Kennedy did with Chappaquiddick in Massachusetts. The attorney general has too much power. They can block investigations, and you can get away with murder. On the other hand, you can, the attorney general's office can use the grand jury for political purposes, just and, like and, Ronnie and, Earl and did in that, Travis real, County, real Texas. Quick, real quick, uh, Kelly, and using that, why do you think Sessions isn't getting very involved? I'm wondering that might – well, see, when Congress calls for special counsel, that's – I can't remember how Mueller got on this case, or on this – actually, it's called a matter, but when well, it's before a grand well, jury, it's well, a matter. But, well, well no, he recused himself, and then, and then there was the, no, uh, the deputy nope. district attorney called for it. No, no, wait a minute now. When Rod well, go, Rosen, ahead, go ahead, uh, Jim. Yeah, Rod Rosenstein, the deep state uh, uh, operative, um, he – uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I we probably should double check this, but when Trump fired Comey, okay, Trump fires Comey. There's no FBI director. Rosenstein was act second in command. He was acting uh, FBI director. Rosenstein, let me think about that for a second. Well, is Rosenstein in the FBI or in the Justice Department? He's a he's deputy attorney general. Okay, so okay, then when 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 Comey resigned, and there was no and Sessions had recused himself or Sessions wasn't appointed yet, Rosenstein that day, the next day, after Trump fired Comey, he appointed Robert Mueller without consulting Trump. So to me, the 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 bad guy of bad guys in this scenario is Rosenstein. But there's thousands of people like Rosenstein that have worked their way up in the last 50 years who are sitting in various places waiting to, 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 to act for the – I call it the shadow government. Hannity calls it the deep state. But, and he acted there to, to try to get this open-ended um, investigation of Trump going. So all I know is he did it the day after Comey was fired, and I don't remember what I, – I can't remember right now – whether Sessions was not appointed yet or whether he was appointed and had already recused himself. I can't remember which one it is. Remember, but the, well, uh, Rosenstein, Rosenstein appointed Robert Mueller. Mueller. Jeff, so so Jeff, a bad guy yeah. appointed a bad guy is what you're saying. Yeah, and Mueller <laughs> is guy appointing a bad guy. It, it, it is a Jeff Sessions recused himself because he was under during the nominating process. He was under fire from all of the um, congressmen and senators about being a part of the Trump campaign. Yeah. And if they had had any communications with the the Russians, so in order to you know make sure that there wasn't any opportunity for them to try to use him as a proxy to collusion for Russia. He said he ought to recuse himself. 
that's why even though he still got nominated, Rosen, Rod, um, Rosenstern became the acting attorney general, and that's when they imported, uh, set up uh, Mueller to be this special investigator. Okay. So, so there was a chink in the armor, and here's here's another interesting situation, which of recent news, the JFK files are going to get released, some or at least some of the pages. So, what happened with? Uh, okay, JFK gets assassinated. Obviously, some of the early points coming out, there was multiple shooters from different locations. Real quick, real like quick Kelly. Susan, I see you want to get on the line. We'll get you in shortly. Go ahead, Ted. Kelly. Okay. So while Bobby Kennedy, the Attorney General of the United States, is at a funeral, Kotzenbach was the acting Attorney General. Shouldn't have trusted that guy. He wrote the idea for the Warren Commission. He wrote it to LBJ, who was what? Oh, that's right, Vice President. LBJ says, oh, good idea. Let's have the Warren Commission. And it's it, why didn't we go to a grand jury immediately? I mean, again, this is, this is the games that the Attorney General's office plays. Um, Orlando Letelier was a Chilean ambassador. He got car bombed in Washington, D.C. Okay? FBI grand jury, they indicted the people they found him who, who car bombed a Chilean ambassador. And we can't even get a grand jury on uh, JFK. Thank you, Kotzenbach, who later, he did some other, another weird thing. I don't have time, U.S. versus Cox. But we have, um, he eventually ended up working as legal counsel for a banking firm. Oh, that's right. There we go again, the banksters. Um, so this, the, the attorney generals, in my opinion, they are abusing the grand jury system because that's where the reform needs to happen. Is that going to happen? It'll take a constitutional amendment or a good Congress to finally change some of this stuff. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to excuse Manafort. I am not going to excuse him. But I'm telling you, because of the attorney generals and the trickery and the slime, you know, in the swamp, they can, they can go after somebody because they want to get them out of office. Or B, they can go ahead and, and protect the president. Here's another example. Ronnie Earl, he was the district attorney of Travis County, Texas. Took him three grand juries. He finally got an indictment against House Majority Leader Tom DeLay. He had, Tom DeLay had to resign eventually. He appealed, and it, it was um, overturned, all these charges, accusations, and court trials, blah, blah, blah. But that was um, a prosecutor, Ronnie Earl, who a Democrat, the nemesis, of uh, Tom DeLay. Tom DeLay was a strong conservative. I mean, this this is abuse by the Attorney General's office, and it goes either way. I'm going to be repetitive if I keep talking, but something needs to change. Well, I've got... Um, I yield. Okay, let's go ahead. I was going to make comments real quick, but I did tell Susan I was going to get her in. So uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Um, fine. Uh, thank you. I just got home. <laughs> um, seems like every Wednesday night I have to uh, uh, go get my granddaughter from her dance class. Um, so it makes it hard <laughs> um, to get in on time at all. So anyhow, um, I don't know much about this Manaford thing. I really don't. There's so many things to follow and so many things to do that I have not kept up with it, really. I have not. So I confess, I've got some articles, but I haven't read them. But um, anyhow, I'm tired of all the nonsense. I really am. Uh, every time you turn around, there's another crisis and another this and another that. And 
I think the problem, you know, we missed the boat way back when, and John Bush Society was always on stuff when Robert Welch was alive. You got to, we, did, we defeated and, and did a lot of things. Um, we didn't win on the getting us out of the UN, but, you know, they don't go after something and stick to it like a dog on a bone. We go from one crisis to the other and we jump around as conservatives or whatever you want to call us. Just bouncing from crisis to crisis. Maybe that's the way to say it. And you can't do that. I think you should pick a few to them and just defeat it. We should have stuck to Benghazi. Uh, We should have stuck to, you know, everybody calling. And I'm saying everybody. Um, We should have stuck to the thing that happened in Oregon and uh, the Nevada deal uh, should have gone after that situation. And we should have just, just stuck to it. Yeah, you let other things go. Um, but, you know, if you defeat them on a couple big things or little things, either way, you, you send a message. I'm reading right now about... Uh, this one article, Russian agent Manafort advocated on behalf of pro-Europe anti-Russian trade deal in Ukraine in 2013. And that's all I know about it, but there's a headline in on that, so I guess I'm going to have to go through that and read it. Um, but anyhow, it, it's sort of like, you know, Rand Paul was the only one that did not stand up and a Applaud Jeff Flake for putting Trump down. Okay, he's only as particularly uh, amongst the Republicans. Well, Jim Rich, my senator, uh, Crapo wasn't there. He stood up and applauded. And I was so mad when I read that. I called him and, twice now. I called him, and boy, after a couple of days, I got an immediate response from him. But he hasn't on the second one, and I'm going to call him again. And that's what you need to do. You need to stick to them like a dog on a bone. Uh, I just told him, you know, you don't do that. You don't, you know, I'm not saying be a Trump worshiper. I don't agree with him. I don't think Rand agrees with him every time. But you don't humiliate or stuff in public with a known idiot rhino like Jeff Flake. And I, I spat it right out. I just said, you know, and I put down Flake and I told him what I thought of Flake and I said, you want me to support you, then you best get over this nonsense. And he, his his email said, hey, I support you. Look at my voice. And I pretty much vote with Trump all the way. Well, that wasn't what I was saying. I said that was the particular time not to go after him by standing up and applauding Frank. He missed the whole point, so I guess I'm going to have to remake the point. Um, I didn't say he didn't. I mean, Rand Paul bucked. Trump on his uh, the health care stuff, and he also has ducked him on the let's bomb Syria stuff, and you know so even though they're playing golf and doing stuff, Rand Paul is not going to fall down at his feet and kiss him. Well, neither should Jim Rush, but you know to do what he did along with the other Republicans that didn't applaud and fight was wrong. You got to start with the little stuff and take a few big ones and conquer them and then go from there. So whatever this is, we have to channel our energies into, we can't weaken on every battle and jump from battle to battle. I'm sorry. 
I can't do that. I won't do that. I will call. I will sign petitions. But uh, I will to certain things. And right now my main thing is you don't insult your president. So I'm going to stick to race like a, well, you know, he's going to be dog on a bone. So he's going to get a third call. And I think everybody should pick things like that and just besiege their senators and congressmen, representatives, and, and they'll get the idea. They're, they're not picking everything, but they're going to go after some, some things. And when they're forced to confront these things, whether it's about this, they, they will start listening. And I think that's been our problem. We just jump and jump and jump and jump and jump. We don't get a consolidated effort. To, uh, everybody makes comment, but they don't take the time to do. And if you don't take the time mm-hmm. to, you'll accomplish nothing. So that's basically what I have to say. I'm sorry, I don't know much on this other thing. I'll try to catch up on it more. <laughs> you know. Well, well, one of the things, well, one of the things I want to mention, um, and I want you know, you know, whoever uh, chime in on it, maybe uh, yourself, Kelly, or you know, or John, or or uh, Jim, like we can, uh, Jesse. You know, I've read that right now there's no legal standing to argue uh, in a court that the appointment of Mueller was somehow illegal. But now, how, however, this indictment could shoot him in the ass, so to speak, because can't they actually um, use that in court, or the attorneys uh, use that in court? to state that uh, Rosenstein violated the law by appointing a special counsel without there being a crime first? No, well, I'm no, going to guarantee you that I'm, I, I'm going to guarantee you that um, Manafort's attorneys are, that's their first trick. They're going to research, research like crazy. And we'll see what the court says, because if, um, if that's a situation um, very possibly, but I mean, they're going to have to dig really deep. Then the indictment wouldn't stand, right? Well, now, no, well, hold on here. Um, here's a, you know, back to Frisbee versus U.S. It's the grand jury's job to investigate all matters of crimes by however or whatever means they have received the information, and after they have uh, found enough evidence, they direct the attorney. Uh, the the prosecuting attorney to prepare the indictment. Now, did you notice something here? It's it's no matter how the grand jury gets the information, they can issue the indictment, and so they can try, but they're going to have to dig really deep. They're going to have to um, uh, in discovery. They're going to have to get. Um, the grand jury transcripts and pour through that like crazy if there is exculpatory evidence that was not presented. Oh, that's right. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see exculpatory rules. Exculpatory, some kind of evidence that would uh, you um, that the grand jury can't use. You know, it's, exculpatory evidence is, is evidence in your defense. And I think the AG has to present exculpatory evidence if he had it. So they're going to be digging through the grand jury transcripts. The first step they do is they make sure that there's a cross-section because if, say, 
you know, there's a thousand city blocks in D.C. and they only pick a grand jury from ten blocks, case dismissed. Uh, you have to have a cross-section of your district. Um, so that's one of the first tricks. The second tricks, look for, you know, go through the transcripts. Can they do this? Well, again, uh, U.S. versus Frisbee. However, in whatever manner the grand jury gets the information, they can issue an indictment on it. So it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, again, I'm not supporting the deeds that Manafort has done, but where is the consistency going after bad guys? Oh, we don't do that. We just go after people we hate. Um, and I, I have a prediction here just down the road. If, if Manafort and other people make a, make a plea deal to even lie uh, to bring down Trump, well, then, you know, this is just low-hanging fruit. It might be 10, 15, 20 people. Once they get the low-hanging fruit, the rest of the fruit comes easy because they have stepladders now. So we could see, if not when it comes to re-election, before Trump's re-election in 20, we could see him um, enough evidence. Because this is what happened to Nixon. In, in Nixon's situation, the Watergate, um, you know, the Watergate Hotel, 72, 74, um, the famous Watergate 7 was indicted, which included a, ter- a former attorney, General John Mitchell, uh, Ehrlichman, Holdeman, you had Chuck Colson. Just it was Watergate Seven. It shocked the world because just a, a week or two before that, the FBI is saying, "Oh, no wrongdoing of the president's office. No, no wrongdoing." Grand jury comes out. Bam, they named Nixon as an unindicted conspirator in this whole thing. Unindicted conspirator. It went to Congress and the House Judiciary Commission uh, Committee. They looked at it first before it went to the floor. They're the ones who issued, uh, I think it was two or three unanimous Republican-Democrat, unanimous uh, votes for impeachment to send to the floor. And the other counts were majority vote. And before it reached the floor, Nixon like, I'm done. I'm out of here. He resigned. Um, So if you have enough people blackmailed, cornered, threatened – we're going to only give you four years instead of 30. They might say lies to save their own ass, at which point you get more of these, and pretty soon Trump will be out of office. That's the possibility with the evil corruption within the Injustice Department. I mean, it doesn't look good right now. That's what I'm trying to tell you for Trump. Doesn't, doesn't look, look good doesn't for look Trump. Good. Wait, wait, doesn't, wait, doesn't look good for what? It doesn't look good for Trump if – if these dirty slimeball swamp creatures are going to manipulate, lie, and blackmail witnesses to say lies. Well, they still got to have something real by the time they get to Trump, though. They still got to have something that's real that we'll check out. Well, they can't get to Trump, but they can get more people to lie about Trump. It goes to Congress. Congress impeaches Trump. Just as the really Nixon scenario the, was unfolding, well, and, and they'll need to do. And I, if they would do that, and I think they they know this, because I think they're. But you know what? Tie this together, perhaps. Um, is that is a little analysis here? Is maybe they're like, okay, we got to get this thing going. We've been doing it for a year and nothing. We better get this thing going. And this might be a stretch, but they're starting to see 
Because right now, I think if they were to impeach Trump and they had enough against Trump, they would have enough Republicans who ju- who jump on board with it. However, if they really do clean the swab with Corker gone, McCain gone, you know, some of these flakes gone, all these others gone in 2018, and you get you know a bunch of grassroots you know guys and gals in there who you know would put their thumb up against you know or their nose to the, the whatever or their thumb to the nose to the establishment, they may say, you know what, you could take your impeachment, shop it up your you-know-what. So maybe they're thinking, we can't act soon because whereas we've got the establishment Republicans running the show now, who's to say Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell uh, after 2018 are going to be in the same position? Uh, and you'll have a lot of folks in there who, who won't be so uh, poised maybe to impeach Trump if they, if they feel like they have enough against them. That sounds like with a Watergate. With Watergate, it took from seventy-two to seventy-four, and it was over. From the incident in seventy-two to Nixon resigning August ninth of seventy-four, was it August sixth? August of seventy-four, Nixon resigned. It only took two years. You get the right people doing the right things. Um, well, in this case, they might be doing the corrupt things, and it's not just the politicians; it's the uh, government agencies. Remember. Government agents, FBI, CIA, um, NSA, and hello, NSA, Bob. And you got also the um, yeah. Justice Department. You know, you got the Justice Department. You got um, digital media that can can mimic Trump's voice when he never ever said that. I mean, look what happened to Trafficant. They framed him. Yeah, well, spent, you know, seven years in jail. Yeah, they didn't even do any. They didn't even do any voice simulation. They just did, they just didn't let him. What's this about voice? Well, the, the voice ahead, simulation Jim. is there is an article that is on Carol Valentine. I think has died. I'm afraid because her her websites went down, but her articles are mirrored various places. I really should try hard to contact her. She's the one who wrote. Uh, Operation 9-11, no suicide pilots in uh, October 6th. She sent it out in uh, 2001 that, that introduced the idea that remote control planes were used at 9-11, not, not real not, – the planes were not full of people, which, which had been diverted. But Carol Valentine produced an article from the Washington Post, called, which was from 1999, called when seeing and hearing is not believing. And that article, which I think you can still find, just put in when seeing and hearing is not believing, Washington Post, they simulated Colin Powell's voice and other people's voices and brought him to a meeting. And they had Colin Powell talking like he was a prisoner of war, saying, I, 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 you know, I, 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 here's my name, rank, and serial number. Colin Powell laughed and bought a copy of the tape. And it says it right in there that they can, you know, if they record your voice, you know, there's like 26 letters and maybe 130 sounds, you know, by the time you get the A and A and CH and, you know, SH and that type of thing. And then they can piece together the sounds to make you say something you never said. And so that that was used. I, I believe that was used, but that's an official Washington Post article. I believe that was used on Edgar Steele, who was framed um, uh, saying that he wanted to blow up his wife and kid. His wife stuck with him to the end. They put him in prison. 
they would not let him introduce uh, out in Idaho. They would not let him put on the stand his voice expert who was going to say how these tapes can be made. The judge wouldn't let it. They put him in jail. I think Messer's really? medicines. He eventually died a few years ago. Uh, Edgar, uh, Edgar Steele, his wife, Cindy, has been at the Freedom Paloozas where I went to meet Trafficant every year. And she stuck with him and said it was a total frame, but they would never let him introduce. So, yeah, that, that, that's officially known as far back as 1999. Now, the Trump people are going to fight back, though. Bannon and they're all going to fight back. And remember, Nixon actually did. I, I wonder, I sus, I, I'd like to know more about G. Gordon Liddy. Uh, Nick, he was given, he was made famous, given a talk show, made a millionaire after he got out of prison. But anyway, the plumbers, so-called, did water. There's, one, uh, there's some background noise going there, so I'm like hitting something. If somebody can stop that, go ahead, Joe. I, I don't think it's my end. Uh, the, no, I think it's yours. Uh, no, no, I'm just I don't have any noise in the room here. But the point is, is that uh, um, so um, let's see what I was let's say I was talking about steel. Well, uh, Trump, hey, Trump. Let me like, let me interject while you while you remember that. Okay, let me give you an example of digital editing. I was part of a recording studio in the Bay Area. It's called Meridian Sound. It's kind of defunct. But um, with Pro Tools, that's what I ended up buying. So you could do digital editing. All right? Here's a song, three minutes. Part A is one minute. Part B is the second minute. Part C is the third minute. Now, if you, if you take three takes, okay, of the same song, of three takes, let's say part A is the best of three. Part B of the second take is the best of three. Part C is the best in take number three. All right, so you got you're, you're patching three parts from three takes. These guys, this is in the 90s, they could patch these A, B, and C into the final song perfectly. You could never tell. They were from other takes. This is in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, and even probably even before that. Now, I, I, when I've edited my commercials, okay, when I had somebody else on them, this is just little old me who doesn't know anything about editing. Almost, we something happened where somebody misspoke and said like, oh, I don't know, park instead of parks. They were supposed to have an S on it. I was able to go to another word. It was they they had talked too long for the sixty seconds. So I was able to go another word, copy the S by you make the sound spread out a little bit and visually, copy the S, paste the S on the end of the park, and it said parks. And Bill Cunningham, oh our local, our local. Uh, I mean, I could do that. Anybody can do that with these new editing programs, even when you don't know what you're doing. Although you would have to have a more, probably a more sophisticated editor by far to do the song thing and all that or to do this colon pal thing it would be really sophisticated but uh but my point is is that um uh bill another thing is bill cunningham who's our local disc jockey who sometimes is on hannity on sunday night wherever you are if you go to your biggest two talk stations you'll find bill cunningham is on from nine till twelve eastern whatever that is in your time zone uh, doing the Sunday night show that used to be done by Matt Drudge. When Matt Drudge quit five, six, seven years ago, they gave it to Cunningham. Cunningham's actually a lot better at it. But Cunningham locally has used that all the time to, if, if for comedy. 
And Mayor Charles Lucan of Cincinnati, he would have him on the show. And when they had people on the show, they would, they would, you know, be recording what they said. Then they would make them say things later that they never said. So they had Charlie Lucan, the mayor of Cincinnati. You and you know, you remember he was Mayor uh, uh, Robert here in Cincinnati. They had Charlie Lucan, Democrat. Yeah. you know how Cunningham will just throw bites of sound in the middle of, of of things for no reason whatsoever. He'll be talking, and there'll be a pause, or him and Segman hey, will be dummy. talking about sports, and there'll be a yeah, there'll be a pause. So he would occasionally play Charles Lucan, the mayor of Cincinnati, saying, "My mother smoked crack. My mother smoked crack," <laughs> and that was from him talking about his mother saying smoked once and talking about some drug scandal where there was crack and they, and that's, and, and that was the intonation they had to use. Cause that they, I guess the way he inflected his verse, my mother smoked crack. He did a lot of stuff like that. And it was, you know, it would be funny, but it was, so the editing can easily be done, but, but, but I wouldn't answer your question, Robert on, I don't think Rosenstein, there's no way he broke a law because they, they had 17 quote unquote intelligence agencies were saying that Russia interfered in the election, that there was, Collusion between Trump administration and Russia was being claimed by a lot of people, and but collusion is so not he, illegal. Well, true, but the suspicion of a crime, he could appoint a special prosecutor. But now Trump and Sessions and them have got to start using the law to fight back. They can't just, as somebody said today, uh, called into um, who was it? It was calling into Hannity, I guess. You know, I was driving a lot today, and I heard a lot of the radio, and, and it, he was saying, you know, in effect, Trump is taking it. He, I'll quote him directly, although it isn't very elegant. He said, why is Trump just sitting there and taking it in the shorts instead of fighting back? And that's a good question. I think Trump, to some extent, is worried about his kids and that, but it's no time to worry. you now got to fight back because they're going to mm-hmm. come after you anyway. Nixon covered up Watergate. Nixon didn't order Watergate, but out of loyalty to his people, he tried to cover it up instead of – because Nixon was into loyalty, and so was Buchanan. Buchanan wasn't involved in Watergate, but but they were very much into personal loyalty. So Nixon tried to help them, and he then got taken up. But he actually was caught red-handed obstructing justice because – Somebody had access to his tapes. Not only he did, but somebody else did. That's a, a long story. And uh, Buchanan said to Nixon, just burn the tapes and say it was for national security because he had no obligation to turn those tapes over. But by the way the Congress asked for specific days and specific minutes, um, I had read an article then that persuasively argued that the reason Nixon was in a corner is because he wasn't the only one with copies of the tapes, you know, that he was that he had made. So, anyway, but well, yeah, there was another that, thing that happened with Nixon. There was another thing that happened with Nixon. He went through, I believe, it was three attorney generals. They resigned. Two of them resigned on him. The one he appointed was, well, I'm going to appoint this guy because I know Congress will approve him. And that was, and this was an attorney general that did not like Nixon, and he went after him, and that, and the rest is history. But back to the. What we're having is deep state wars here, or wars against the deep state. If I was Sessions, which I'm not, wouldn't want to be, but if I was Sessions, I would be getting a grand jury investigating Mueller because I'm sure he's done something dirty, and I'm sure there's good people who would come forward. You know, oh, take yeah. this guy out. Hey, look on YouTube if you don't have cable. Look on YouTube for any of Hannity's monologues in the last two weeks. All of them show how dirty Mueller, Comey, and um, 
Oh, um, yeah. Lynch and Rosenstein are. And that's what Hannity is doing a, really a great job. Tucker Carlson almost as good. Uh, Tucker wasn't focusing on it so exclusively. But Hannity's doing a great job saying, where are the investigations of Comey and Mueller and Rosenstein, and how can they be investigating when they need to be investigated? In other words, by any conflict of interest thing, since they were involved in these events, uh, yeah, uranium one, yeah, they should be resigning. But they're not, of course, because uh, you know, and this is where I, I I have to believe Trump is going to come out fighting because he knows he knows how to fight back. Uh, but yeah, they, they got it. Our side has to, you know, Howard Phillips, the founder of the Constitution Party, who unfortunately passed away in 2013. He used to say, when the re- Democrats get in, they grab the football and run for the end zone. When the Republicans get in, they grab the football and, and sit on the ball for four years, or two years or four years. We don't move the ball towards our goal line. We just stop the Democrats from moving it towards theirs. And that, right. I see that as true until Trump got here. So, and the Trump they run to the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, Trump is somewhat quizzical in some of the things he's doing. But when you had Obama and W. Bush both give speeches against Trump in one week uh, last week, they both were talking about the lack of civility, all this garbage. That's the civility between shadow government operatives ruining the country. So they want civility over standing up for the country, you know. But so I Mm -hmm. I have to think Trump and company are going to fight back unless they got – Everybody really blackmailed, which is always a first goal of the shadow government is to blackmail everybody in sight. Well, it's called a plea bargain in legal terms. Well, I'm, no, I'm talking about blackmailing yeah. them so they have something on them. <laughs> like, like, let's say Paul Ryan has a squeaky clean uh, image and his wife thinks he's clean and they try to compromise him with another woman and film it. And then they say, okay – Continue on how you want, but when we tell you to stand down, you got to stand down. That was what Mark Jones, David Rockefeller's assistant, told Bob Goldsboro, who wrote a newsletter for many years, uh, which you know was kind of conspiracy masonically oriented, exposing Freemasonry. And uh, and Jones said, yeah, the 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 uh, that's what Sidney Weinstein of Goldman Sachs did. They had rooms set up all over Washington back in the 50s and 60s. And they just paraded women or little boys or whatever in front of these congressmen who are away from home, usually away from their wives, until they got one of them to bite and the model or whatever would bring them to one of the rooms that film it. And that guy would then have to have to be silent if they told him to or or lay down on votes. So that was a direct uh, explanation from David Rockefeller's assistant to Bob Jones. As, as Mark Jones got older, he retired, and then his conscience started to bother him, and he told a number of things to Bob jo- uh, Goldsboro, who after Jones died, published them. So anyway, yeah, this is what they're trying to do. Paul Ryan, to me, acts like a completely blackmailed person. Now, the blackmail could only be that he's getting $7 million from board. You know, he's like Kasich and and uh, and, and Boehner, and they're now worth $10 million when they came to Congress worth nothing. So it could just be not that <laughs> yeah. they had a, had a moral failing, but just that they're in the they see where the power is and they don't want to be out on the cold like we are. They want to be in the, a player and they don't want to give it up. And they, they see what happens to George Hansen or Trafficant or the, the John and mm-hmm. Bobby Kennedy when they step out of line or, or, or George Wallace or whoever, Martin Luther King. So, but anyway, 
You are the people that they were with the Clintons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So would um, so you're talking about uh, Babyface, right? I'm sorry. I mean, Babyface Nelson. I'm sorry. I mean, Baby uh, Paul Ryan. <laughs> oh, him and Mitchell and and Mitch McConnell. And McConnell. Like totally. Like they're totally part of the shadow government. And this is why I'm so in favor of Bannon trying to defeat 15 of these 16 Republican senators in the primary. Two or three are already gone um, because that is what needs to be done. These people like Corker and uh, McConnell, all of them, they, I, my skin crawls when they talk. They act like they mm-hmm. are so upstanding, and none of them can ever seem to do anything for the country that really matters. And uh, right. whether they just can see where the power is and they got sucked into it, uh, these congressmen are not warned what they're facing when they're like Paul Ryan and came out of a background that he should be on our side. But they get ensnared in it, and nobody told them that there's this whole power structure there, and they might be ensnared one way or the other before they know what's happened. And then you, you have a, you know, you have a just a rare person like. Uh, uh, like Senator Jesse Helms back in the old days, or or uh, George Hansen who went to jail, or Trafficant who breaks ranks, and then some people on their way out, like Fritz Hollings, their last speech in the Senate, they'll expose a lot when they're about to retire, you know. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so Hansen was not; he was diesel. So he was tortured, born in. Hanson was diesel. He's from Idaho. That's where I am. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was, he was diesel. That means they fly him back and forth in planes and buses. No one knew where he was, and he had his his leg. You should have seen what it looked like. I wrote a blog on him. I called him a hero. They they didn't just put him in jail. They actually tortured him. That happened here in America. Right. That's right. They rode him around in trains. One of the things they did, they rode him around in what? trains for days. Yeah, George Hansen, Congressman 1986 in Idaho, he wrote the book called uh, To Harass Our People. That book is about the IRS harassing the American people. He was really like trafficant. He was really trying to do something. So they convicted him of a paperwork violation that in the same year they convicted him, 260 other congressmen had done the same thing. But because of the state. It was just a paperwork mistake, but they prosecuted Hanson, gave him a two-year prison thing or whatever. But before, as they took him to prison, they rode him around. Um, by the way, a rabbi was convicted also at near the same time for speaking out against the establishment. They were on the same train, but they wow. and he they both were going to jail, and because they spoke out against the establishment in some way. And but they put cha- uh, what do you call them irons on Hanson's leg? Yeah. And, and that – I don't think it crippled him, but it came close. It ruined his legs and his nerves the rest of his life. And he – yeah, he was a real hero. He died at the age of 85 or 86 about two years ago, I think. Oh, wow. But he was a great hero. And um, actually, one time at a Bob Schultz, We the People, Bob Schultz meeting in D.C. It was a live meeting in D.C., and Ron Paul came and others came, and somebody said to – Ron Paul, they asked a question. This might have been 2002 or three, right after trafficking went to jail. Bob Schultz was trying to get the government to, he was doing the redress of grievances thing, we the people. And uh, 
And he, Bob Schultz also filed the um, clean, clean elections lawsuit, which they eventually threw out. It was a great heroic effort by him. After we talked for many hours, and he saw he did it. He was a lay litigator, but the Supreme Court eventually told him on redress of grievances because the Congress wasn't responsive. They basically said to uh, Bob Schultz, "Raise your own army. If you don't like what's going on, raise your own army to fight the Congress." Um, so, but Ron Paul is at this meeting, mm-hmm. and somebody raised their hand and said to Ron Paul, "Why don't you?" go any further than you're going to try to end the IRS. And he says, well, you know, I've introduced the legislation and I've, you know, I've taken the first step, but I, there's got to be some others helping me. He said, you see what mm-hmm. happened to George Hanson? And he said, you see what happened to George Hansen and Jim Traficant, don't you? In other words, he was saying, I'm doing my best, but I don't want to all by myself get myself put in jail like those two did. And, and I can sympathize with Ron Paul on that. I've never gone. I'm not trying to get myself. I'm trying to uh, to fight, but I'm not. I don't try to do things to get myself put in jail. And and so I understand what what you know. Trafficant and Hanson were doing. They they were just really doing a great job, and so was Ron Paul. But but Ron Paul just you know what he was basically saying. I've I've done everything I can. We got to get some more help up here. Uh, because if not, you know they 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 they're going to they put you in jail eventually. Um, but I, that was an interesting response from Ron Paul. He knew he knew what he was fighting. He always knew what he was fighting. And and I think that uh, while people say, well, why didn't Ron Paul do more in this or that situation? Um, he did what he could. I think he thought he could do. But he probably had a bunch of death threats against his family. I mean, uh, when he was running, well, that's for what they did to Perot. Remember when Perot was running? Oh yeah, and Perot let us yep. know too. He he let us know. He let us know that something weird had been threatened against him without totally saying what it was when he resi- when he dropped out the first time. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you know, he uh, Ron Paul, did, Ron Paul did have success in twelve when the audit the Federal Reserve bill passed Congress. It was like yeah, a 72% no, no, pass. And then again, it was like 80%. So twice now, it went over to the Senate, and uh, Harry Reid is like, oh, we're going to wait later until after the elections, and the Senate never really looked into it. So it's, it's oh, a deep yeah. stage uh-huh. is deeper than we think, folks. It is. And there, there's a fundamental problem. There's a fundamental problem with the Attorney General and, and the Justice Department, and it's the Fifth Amendment. I totally stand by the Fifth Amendment. The Attorneys have too much power. The Fifth Amendment says this. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless under presentment or indictment by a grand jury. What that means on a federal level, if you don't do – if you're not having an indictment against you or a presentment, they're different. Presentment is when a grand jury goes out on their own. Indictment is when the government prosecutor brings the matter before the grand jury. But if you don't have a presentment or an indictment against you, you can get away with murder. Ted Kennedy did with Chappaquiddick. And so that's, that is where the influence upon a grand jury is a real problem with the Justice Department, the Attorney General, the FBI. It is a way to protect Obama, was Holder's job mostly. Oh, one congressman came out and said, Eric Holder's job – was basically to protect the president. How do you do that? By oh, not yeah. getting evidence of the grand jury. 
and and so on the flip side, um, you can you can go after political opponents with the Justice Department thing. It was not what the founders intended, and that's why we're having this mess, which very possibly with corruption and blackmail, legally called um, a plea bargain. We could see a lot of uh, difficult times ahead, and it's it could be sessions and good um, attorney generals in our present system as it is now under practicality, the way things run. We could have um, AUSA wars or attorney of the United States of America. That's what they're called, prosecutors. They're called AUSA. You, we could be having AUSA wars, and, uh, you know, who's going to win? I don't know. Well, one thing's for sure, uh, Kelly's uh, whole um, grand jury research and, and what he's educated me on, if we had real citizen grand juries that could act independently of the local prosecutor if need be, and you had alert grand mm-hmm. juries, that would go almost all the way to solving the problem because then all these guys would be worried about if I get out of line, I might be indicted, you know. And now with the Internet, we can at least tell each other what's going on, even if the press doesn't. As you know, CNN and MSNBC and ABC, CBS and NBC are devoting almost zero seconds to to the Hillary uranium thing. So we've got to the point where what I would call the shadow government, Trotskyite communist media, has totally dropped their mask for anybody that's looking, that they're not news agencies, they are propaganda wings. Of the of the shadow government. Well, yeah. Well, here's something that's encouraging on the grand jury front on the state level. First in Missouri, what happened there? Well, you know, a kid got killed. Was it self-defense by the cops? Uh, was it just brutal? Uh, kill a black guy because he's black guy. Well, what was it? Well, the grand jury came out and said, no, it was self-defense. Here's everything we looked into. But one of the things that was strange about the situation was um, the prosecutor got the. Um, officer before the grand jury. Now, you and I, unless we're at work, we would have a hard chance getting in front of the grand jury in our defense. We would have a very hard doing that under the right of petition. You can if you know what's going on. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is okay, something weird happened with Ferguson, and the grand jury looked at both sides because it was a highly public case. Now, there was a group, and by the way, being taught from my mother, there's two sides to every story. New York State has that. You can get in front of the grand jury and save tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands on attorney fees when the grand jury doesn't indict you. Um, but hearing both sides is always a good idea. What has happened in this uh, prosecutor wars, there's an organization that has went state by state and basically said when there is um, a cop shooting of a civilian, the local prosecutor can't get involved. California passed it. The grand jury has to do their sole investigation. Good. Good, because, you know, the concern is that, you know, law enforcement protects its own. So, guess what? You got a cop kill in California? Prosecutor, you're out of there. Grand jury's got to do its job. That is a good thing. So, it's... I was stunned when I found out that they had done this in a number of states, and I'm like, congratulations, great job. But again, at the federal level, the AG has too much power to protect or to go after political opposition, and that's why we have 
That's why we have all these inconsistencies, uranium one and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's something's got to change. And Susan's uh, going back a little bit. She's got a, a tale here uh, to give a real quick. Uh, I, I trying to remember what the, the phrase was or the term. What term was that, Susan? Deesling. Deesling? Yeah, torturing prisoners legally. So they say. It's diesel therapy to the feds, or known as transit. And they handcuff you the chain around your waist, they handcuff your stomach area. You can't move your arms up or down or side to side. Your feet are shackled. You have to take baby steps and you get on a bus, which seems like forever with similarly shackled other people. It starts many times at 3 or 4 in the morning, and it goes on and on and on and on. And this guy wrote it. It was uh, put out by Prison Planet. <clears throat> and they they just shipped them everywhere. And sometimes they had just bologna sandwiches and milk, nothing else, and which wouldn't be real healthy, the bologna sandwiches. Um, so uh, I'm just saying that that's what our senator went through. There was times his wife, Ron Paul, different people didn't even know where he was. They tried to find him, but they couldn't find him. They tried to. And uh, I'm absolutely surprised, actually, that Ron Paul was not ever, this was not done to him for some reason. But uh, maybe he just didn't push as many buttons as, you know. Well, I wasn't trying to be, I wasn't trying to be down on Ron Paul at all. I I no, mean, I know that. I know that. These guys are – the only point is that Ron Paul's uh, comment, look what they did, look what happened to Hanson and uh, Trafficant, was a signal to everybody of the viciousness of the shadow government that we're fighting, you know. And remember Trafficant would say in his speeches, you can probably see some of them online still, after he got – you know, he slipped a thing into the 1997 budget bill. Clinton had to sign it, and he thanked Bill Archer of Texas, the congressman of Texas, and Rob Portman of my city, which surprises me. Portman has always been a lukewarm rhino. But he said he thanked Portman <laughs> yeah. and Archer and Archer for helping him get it in that bill. Well, that's the thing that caused the IRS to um, – the IRS to have to take you to court before they took your home. Before that, they took 10,000 homes in 1997 without taking them to court. They just said in the IRS court or the IRS agent said, you're guilty, we're taking it. After Clinton signed this budget, he had to sign with the traffic amendment in it. Then uh, the next year, 1998, they took 58 homes. They had to take all 58 families to court to take their homes. So they lost 10,000 homes. And after that, the wow. other congressman, he, the traffic and said a bunch of other congressmen, both Democrats and Republicans, took him, took him aside and said, keep your head down, Jim, the traffic can't. Keep your head down, Jim. Don't, don't do anything else, Jim. They're going to get you. They're watching you. They're going to get you. They're mad. And traffic said he would say to all of them, hey, don't, yeah, but if they can get me, then they can get you. You know, and so what are we gonna? What are we doing here? We're supposed to be standing up for the American people. If you go, if you haven't watched it ever or haven't watched it in a while, go on YouTube and search for James Trafficant Dash a tribute. Okay, and it's six minute tribute to Trafficant okay. put together after he died. And Trafficant 
in that thing when he's giving his final speech to the House before they kick him out. He he says the American people his last hope is for the Congress to take. This is two thousand and two. He said the American people's last hope is for the Congress to take the government back. And then he turns to Hastert, who was the Speaker of the House. and You can't see Hastert, but Hastert was the Speaker of the House. He turns to Hastert and he says, and let me say this to you, Mr. Speaker, take it back. And as they're kicking him out, he's pleading with the Congress to stand up and do their job, you know. So it's a great spirit booster. It's like a, a, a spiritual vitamin Brilliant, that I watch it. Every once in a while, James Trafficant a tribute. But anyway, so okay, I'll look Trafficant, that one up. by the way, Trafficant. Yeah, it's a good one. Tra- we we spoke Jim and I with Trafficant while he was still alive before the tractor accident. But Trafficant oh, what, what, was wait, a Democrat. Didn't we do it on this show? Wasn't he on your show, Robert? Yeah, he was on a couple times. Yeah, I believe yeah, yeah. he was on okay, once or okay. twice, and then after he passed away, I think we had a show on him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trafficant well, was dead, Demi- so I can't talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what I'm what I'm trying to tell you, folks, is there are good people in both parties, and, and when it comes to matters of justice in the American people, and of course there are a lot of bad apples in uh, both parties. And Trafficant, what he did is he in that budget bill he passed the law that the IRS to show has the burden of proof, meaning prove somebody's guilty before you just say they are and it just nipped them it just it just almost castrated the irs that's why they went from ten thousand homes to what'd you say jim uh jim Conner, you said like 50 58 so they went like 58 homes in 1998 but in the, that year they had to take all 58 families to court a real court to get their home. That's why they got 58 instead of just taking 10,000, you know? Well, yeah. And, um, and bank seizures was a, another thing too, that, you know, tens of thousands and they dropped that down to like maybe a thousand or something. It was insane. It, it just, yeah, it's called the burden of proof. You can't just say somebody's guilty and you have a witch hunt. Jeez. Before um, the prisoners on the bus, they have a well. They have a black box that stiffens the chain, puts the wrist in a ninety-degree bind that cuts the circulation and damages the nerve. And Hanson was a big man, over six foot three, so um, and two hundred twenty pounds. He was over that. So you're forced to sit in one position for up to twenty hours at a time, and they don't even bother to unshackle you. Um, so he lost a lot of feeling because the blood pools in the feet causes. It causes the feet to swell, and the toenails become deformed and infected and very painful. So he became his own. He operated on his feet himself. His toenails were so deformed they pointed straight up and couldn't wear shoes without pain. So he had to pull his own toenails out by his feet. I mean, out, out, <laughs> out of his feet. And um, he showed when he testified, he told them, he showed them, you know, and I, I, I just looked at raw red scars on his own legs, you know, and I, it just, this is torture, the American way. And I, I don't think it's right. I don't, sure to someone who's on death row, I don't, and I don't even, I couldn't even do that myself. Um, he lost most of his teeth. 
during his four years in prison, had to sell everything his wife had accumulated through the years of hard work. And, um, but his stuff that he was not supposed to be touched, his a retirement fund, was tapped to pay the fines. Um, his wife had a heart condition. She was put out of her home, didn't have money to rent an apartment. So, you know, eventually she she died. And I just, you know, this is, if she didn't know where he was. And most of the ones that were trying to help him couldn't find him. They had hidden him so well that they, they could not find him. Members of Congress were trying to help him. His lawyer couldn't find him and could not file court papers on time. He was like in this black hole dug and run by the United States Marshals. So if you're looking for justice from, you know, like, like in the Oregon thing and all that, you may not find it because, you know, here's, here's the Marshals doing this to him. And he's a senator, you know, or and it's just like a representative, excuse me. So it's just like it could happen to anybody. I don't trust him. Not after reading all this stuff. Miss Susan, are you when you say Oregon and Nevada, are you referring to the Bundy and Lavoy Finicum issues? Yes. Yeah, I don't believe the FBI was I they're they're the same as the Marshals say. There's many, many that are crooked and crooked and will do anything. Uh, and they did. They shot Lavoy. You know, they shot him. He murdered him. So, and in, in, in Bundy's, all them, that group, they were treated badly. And our country, we com- we complain or, or complain about how the Middle East treats their people and different things. But we don't really know what's going on here either. And there's stuff like this going on, so um, you know, we shouldn't criticize someone else when we ourselves are doing things. And that's what makes me mad. We're supposed to set an example and we don't. Yeah, but I bet most of that is done by the interloping insurrectionist globalists that are trying to you know, disrupt America in order to cause us to be, you know, at each other's throats so we can, they can manipulate us. Because when they got more people in fear and, you know, who are more apt to give up their liberty, and then then with all them taking our tax dollars every paycheck, and then they put it into technology to surveil and monitor and track everybody and, you know, the big data warehouse in Utah, then they, what they all they have to do is get a. I mean, really, it's it's. I don't know, man. It, it's beyond what I could ever explain. But you know, the people that's working in intelligence, not all of them are, you know, virtuous um, people of rectitude and veracity. I mean, there's some that's on the take, and I mean, if you just have the right amount of money, and they figure, hey, I'll be able to be a millionaire in four or five years doing it this way, and you get a hundred of them people, and they don't all have to work in the same group either. They could be in, sometimes they're just hackers that aren't even working inside our government. They're outside the government, and they're just willing to sell out their fellow man because they want to live life while they're on this earth at the best they can, and they just take the money and, you know, help all these crooked high rollers manipulate the system, but just think about it. The people that are using our congressmen as puppets, they got money elating our congressmen. 
they don't have the resources to get the congressman's attention on that level. And all the poor people that are in Social Security or, you know, some kind of social welfare, whether it be unemployment, SNAP, TANF, or whatnot, they're just pawns in the chess game. So that way the system can be continually be manipulated. And, you know, as many as most of the people that are in those kind of situations are Democrats for the most part. And most of the politicians understand that. And even though collusion may not be illegal, collusion to commit fraud is illegal. And so, therefore, these people, they understand these intricate little minute details, and they hold it, they use it against those of us that aren't as informed, especially people like me. And, you know, like Kelly and them were talking about earlier in these um, different investigations or whatnot, it sounds like that from the get-go, what they call it, fraud on the, at the inducement, and then they throw away what was it used to, I brought this up in, in several shows ago about the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine. It's like, hey, you know, if you're illegally creating an investigation and you find evidence, that evidence is not permissible in a court of law, the rule of law. And that's why I always keep preaching, you know, we got the rule of man deceitfully masquerading as the rule of law under the color law in order to defraud the American people out of their right to self-govern. It's pretty sad. Well, one other thing, y'all, I want to, uh, we are at the top of the hour, so uh, please don't let your um, your calls drop. And one of the things I want to also bring up tonight, you know, is, is, is you know, ties, of course, are, are trying to say, oh, well, this has nothing to do with Hillary, you know, thing of that nature. You're also hearing arguments about, you know, uh, Tony Podesta, you know, which is the brother of John Podesta, who was, you know, the um, campaign manager for Clinton, right, Hillary, and you know they're saying, oh well, we, we, this is this is John Man. I mean, I'm sorry, this is Tony Manafort and not uh, and not John. Uh, but remember, they founded. We would make some of this. But they founded the Podesta Group uh, together. And I mean, this is his brother. I mean, you gotta. You, I mean, you gotta think <laughs> that he founded the organization because you know uh, Tony stepped down. But uh, so he, he, they they co-founded the organization, and one of them getting you know gotten indicted. You don't think that the brother know that his brother knows something, if if not just knows something, is actually a part of you know what was going on, or you know maybe. Uh, and they would try to hide uh, with their duel with, the, with getting those lobbyist monies. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, with, they're talking about there's no link with, with Hillary Clinton, or at least, you know, people who are connected with Hillary Clinton uh, on that. So, I mean, I, there, there's, I think, uh, a possible connection uh, to look into. Family dynamic is different, but, yes, there, it's a possible, but that don't mean that it actually is. It would still be. You know, to me, we still have to get back to finding just rule of law. Because whether we like the left or the right or the up or the down, whatever group they fit in, whether it's Black Lives Matter, white supremacist, or any in-between or whatever, if we aren't going to get back to the true just of rule of law, then we're just going to self-disintegrate. Because the more you use force and deception in order to get your way, the rest of society figures out, hey, well, that's just the way it works. So you got to deceive and use force, and everybody starts manipulating everybody. We've already seen that several times throughout history. 
not only in our own country, but in several other empires throughout history. Back to you. Well, no, but my point is on that is that, you know, you know, Tony Podesta resigned from his, you know, resigned from the group, right? Because there's, you know, attention starting to be shined on them for whatever reason. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out more later. But, you know, when people are trying to distance uh, his brother, you know, of course, and then in essence, you know, distancing Hillary Clinton from it, saying that they're, you know, oh, well, no, this is, this is about Tony uh, uh, Podesta, not, not John. Well, I mean, you would you would have to think that John at least knew something about what you know Tony was doing, if not been a part of it. Is, is all I'm saying. I just don't support fishing expeditions. If you can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, or you know, justify or well, real I know some thing affairs. I'm not saying fishing. I'm saying it's and, and I agree. I, I'm not saying it is a fishing expedition. But I'm saying if I mean if you have. Yeah, they're they're the co-founders. Why would you investigate the one and not investigate the other? I mean, they co-founded the group, and then he stepped down because they're looking at him. So, you, you mean if you or you would at least you would think they would at least uh, question John Podesta, would they not? I mean, has there been any call to to bring uh, John in and, and, and question him? Well, you would think out of all these emails that supposedly surfaced, there would be justification for uh, at least a, you know, conversation interrogatory type discovery or something. Well, I, I just, uh, well, I just find it interesting that they, you know, and maybe later on, you know, maybe some pressure, you know, they'll at least question them or, or you know, something. Having a hard, I, you know. I just, I'm just having a hard time thinking that, you know, John didn't know something of, you know, of why they're looking into or what they're looking into on uh, Tony. And I'd say it, but, you know, because, uh, you, know, look, you know, not talking about looks, but these pictures I've seen of Tony, but just, don't he just look like, uh, you know, don't he just kind of look like an Italian mobster? <laughs> I can't, when I've seen all these pictures of him, I'm like, man, he looks like an Italian mobster. <laughs> I'm not saying that he is, of course, but I mean, I'm just saying he, he kind of looks like one. Are, are you talking about the <laughs> governor of New York? The I've, heard, I've seen of him. Are you talking about the governor in New York? No, I'm talking about Tony Podesta, but yeah, you could probably apply it oh, to yeah, him, him as well. Too. Him too, but the governor of New York also looks like he's a he's the most unsavory looking politician in public I've ever seen. That Cuomo is a, whichever Cuomo is the governor of New York, he looks. He just he just does he looks uh, surly. <laughs> well, I know this is a little off topic, but this is something that's been uh, going around. Talk about uh, you know governors, things of that nature. I think you said governor is. Has anyone seen that video that uh, they're running against uh, the Democrat Democrat candidate for governor of Virginia is running against his uh, his opponent? I'm trying to remember who the Republican is. Um, now, from my understanding, he's Gillespie, that's right. Which yeah, is incredible. Gillespie, right? It's an incredible video. It's probably on YouTube where it shows a old, probably fifty, sixtieth year old white guy, kind of heavy set, driving a truck <laughs> after Hispanic kids 
and the three kid little boys start running who look like they're about 10 and they ran past some girls say run and they all start running and i think the commercial ends with the truck cornering them against a fence or something and it's clearly the implication and the guy has a gillespie sticker on his uh truck so the, the clear implication is the Trump Gillespie and Gillespie's are a rhino though. He's never been a conservative. He's been a establishment Republican, right. but he's, he's made the Confederate statues. One of the main issues in this campaign that we shouldn't tear down our heritage. And right. Today, the point is the uh, rush was covering it today. Another thing I heard while driving around and how the implication was that basically white Republican Trump supporters want to uh, either run you down. He, they, they were trying to. They were debating him and some of the cars. Were they implying that the guy was going to run him down and kill him, or take take him captive in the truck and run him across the border? And you know, yeah, like take him, com- take yeah, him over to the, Mexico. Did you see and the commercial? Or I saw it because it was played on Hannity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the ad where and it was the, the it, well, it wasn't. It, let's see, it was a Hispanic kid. And then I think there might have been a black kid on there, and then there was this Muslim girl, and they were like having oh, really? a dream, like they're yeah, they were all uh, maybe there was two of the commercials, but when I no, seen it, there was right. uh, uh, it turned out to be a dream. Yeah, at the end of the commercial, the kid that was having the dream sat up in bed like you're having a nightmare type of a thing, you know? Yeah, well, it was actually a couple of them. It's like these, all these kids were having the same dream because there was oh, a, I, I think there was a black kid, there was a and then there was a, a Muslim girl. There was a yeah, there was a the a black yeah a, a Hispanic boy I think a black boy and then in uh, um, Hispanic I mean not Hispanic a um, a Muslim girl because she had her head covered and this and that you know and then okay. they're waking up their pants are sitting next to them and and also and also the truck had a Confederate flag in the back like a, a Confederate flag <laughs> flying in the yeah. wind yeah you're right you're right it was it was by far the worst most dishonest commercial I ever saw. But that yeah. narrative, they have to keep that narrative up. In other words, they've campaigned Trump as a closet racist. He hates people. He'll kill people. And they almost have to keep that narrative up to keep – because if people are watching even small clips of Trump, then they're not going to be able to think he's that black and white evil. you know. So they're, they're, right. they, they seem like they're going – but they, it, they're really cracking up in a way. The, I've never seen the left do so many mistakes that are going to lose people. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean that's. I mean you would talk about over the top. That was that was really over the top. You know that right. video. It's like I mean, come on. And they do it all the time. I mean, it's like remember that I can't remember what race it was, but I do remember Hannity talking about you know whether someone's going to push Graham all over the in the wheelchair over a hill or something like that. Right. That, uh, yeah, that was the old. That was the old Paul Ryan commercial. Yeah. Okay. They did that about Paul Ryan. That was about Paul well, Ryan. Not- they hit somebody looked like Paul Ryan when he first came to be speaker, pushing the pushing the thing over the hill. Yeah, pushing Granny over the hill. You know. No, oh, jeez. No, I mean he <laughs> might want to do that to uh, you know conservatives, but no. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It was another. No, that'd be I don't pushing like him Paul in front Ryan, of the bus. But it was another completely, completely ridiculous, over the top, dishonest commercial. Mhm. Yeah, and they, they do. They got to keep on 
you know, feed in the narrative, and then they want to try, and then they want to try to say that conservatives are are the ones who are divisive. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So now you're trying to now you're trying to scare parents and kids. Like, oh my gosh, you can't you can't vote for this guy. Yeah, and I and I heard, uh, yeah, and I heard the guy from Virginia, which I guess surprises me. They have such a rhino in Virginia. Does that does that surprise anyone else? I mean, that does that surprises me that. Uh, uh, well, especially with you have such a conservative such as Virgil Good who came out of, you know, who came out. But actually, I was gonna I was getting ready to to call Virgil. And ask him if he knew this guy personally, and try to get him on the, uh, you know, get him on the call, you know, get him on the show. But um, I mean, heck, I, I can't believe elections are next week already. Do you believe that, Jim? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I said I can't believe the elections are, are next week already. I know, I know. Well, you know, the the former governor of uh, Virginia was a real conservative. His name was like Cuccinelli or something. Kitchenelli, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a really good, really strong pro-life, really strong conservative. And, of course, he runs against Terry McCullough, one of the chosen Clintonites, and he loses by a hair. And, of course, <laughs> he didn't bring up vote fraud. I, 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 I can only feel so much sympathy for people at this point that won't demand an open count, even though it would probably, you know <laughs> – at least till Trump came along with end their career. But so he loses by a hair. We got one of the worst people in the world, Terry McAuliffe is governor of Virginia. So now he, they, they're only allowed to have one term, I think. So here comes a rhino Gillespie, uh, mm-hmm. who was kind of a Bush, uh, a Bush Republican running against this liberal, but uh, he may have been smart to make the Confederate uh, statues an issue, you know, that we shouldn't tear down our heritage, even though oh, yeah. you know, a lot of the figures are flawed in one way or the other. But, uh, uh, you know, the fact that he he probably has polls that show like 70, 80 percent of Virginians are support not tearing down those statues. So he may he may well win. But, of course, he's a rhino. So, you know, they probably don't fear him as much, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, is it going to be much of a difference? Because I heard when it comes to immigration, he's pretty lax on that too. Right, right. That's the thing. Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah, he's nothing to write home about on many fronts. But uh, um, and then another encouraging victory was uh, Judge Roy Moore winning in Alabama. Um, Yay! That showed. That, yeah, he's uh, he's up in the polls actually. Yeah, I seen an article on the. Uh, Bard's Logic Clip Talk website on the newsroom. I did see an article about the uh, yeah. Here we go. It's um, it's actually a Breitbart uh, Breitbart article. Yeah. But uh, has here that uh, Judge Roy Moore holds commanding 17 point lead in Alabama yeah. as United Republicans behind him. Well, you know he's such a clear. Um, he's like a trafficant. He's he's so clear that. It's hard to believe that make it believable that a Democrat's going to defeat him in uh, in Alabama. But the, yeah, there's no way. I mean, really, it must have also been unbelievable that the uh, Luther Strange was going to beat him because you know they obviously stood down. And uh, um, but again, the real polls might have shown him up much more than 
but he was always leading down there. But no, it's encouraging. And Bannon, of course, I would like to think, I have no evidence of this whatsoever, but I'd like to think that Bannon and others were telling the boards of election that we're going to sue if, 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 if these results come out way different than our polls are coming out, because I'm sure Bannon and them take their own polls. We're going to sue to see what happened in these computers. I'd like to think that's happening but I don't have any evidence yet that it's happened. You know, uh, G- Gary Forbes emailed <clears throat> back and forth when we were trying to get Trump to bring it up after I had met, you know, met Trump for 40 seconds by oh, the grace sorry. of God. Uh, he, oh, um, that, you okay? Uh, you okay, Susan? Yeah, I just choked a little bit on something. Yeah, don't choke. <laughs> don't, don't choke. You all right? Me. Yeah, yeah, don't choke now. on air. My God. Well, don't choke off air either. But, <laughs> but I didn't mean to scare you. Yeah. Okay. So sorry about that. Go, go ahead, Jim. No, that's all. That that that. Um. You know. Um. I was talking, I guess, about Bannon. Uh. Gary Forbes, who was ran Trump Magazine online before it became defunct, and at least was an outer outer. Uh. Uh. uh, uh, uh someone who Trump knew and he knew Trump because he he showed a picture of him with Ivanka and he was, he was the one who was allegedly working with Trump by email to bring up the vote fraud between February and uh, July. He, he said, he said things in his Facebook and his memes before the New Hampshire primary, heavily implying that they were going to sue the New Hampshire Secretary of State, if if Trump lost in New Hampshire, because they would think it was vote fraud based on the crowds he was getting. Um, and Forbes, I, I hope he's okay. He got real sick after he started to fight this issue and went in the hospital. But he he put out hmm. one 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 of those memes they call it a picture and words that said, "We are living under a thinly disguised dictatorship enforced by computer fraud." And I said. I emailed him. I said, you're the first guy on the national level to get this issue. And then Roger Stone came along after that and brought up vendor fraud on C-SPAN. But at any rate, I'd like to think they're threatening these guys behind the scenes when they got polls showing somebody like Roy Moore is going to win uh, maybe 60 to 40. And there's, you know, they're, they're, I'd like to think they're saying, you know, the computers better not say the opposite of what all of our, uh, all of our indications are showing, you know. But I don't have any proof that that's happening. So I should get in touch. I, if he's still okay, I should get in touch with Gary Forbes. I got to look up his emails, and and email his people and ask him if they could suggest a band to do that or something. But Jim, yeah, totally, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, let's uh, work. You know, well, yeah, talk to them. And it'd maybe, be great getting them on the show. I'd like to hear their perspective. Yeah, and let's go for Virgil Good again too. Let's contact him, uh, uh, Robert, because we, you know, he may have passed something on that got to Trump too, because you gave him something to pass on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could give. Yeah, right. I could give him a call. So I have his number. If it's still the same number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, give him a call. Be great to give him all on. He seemed like a pretty down to earth guy, though. To me, always. Oh well, let me tell you something. He is. I could. I mean, for for those of the, you new listen to the show, I got a little. He is a down-to-earth guy because I remember when uh, I interviewed him in 2012 when he was running for the Constitution, the Presidential Council, Constitution Party, and he was on Ohio that ballot, if you recall, Jim. Um, and uh, I was, yeah. uh, I, 
I, I knew he was coming. He was doing the third party debate uh, with Free and Equal, uh, where he right. uh, it was him, Jill, right. Jill Stein, uh, Rocky Anderson, and um, right. oh my gosh, I'm having a brain freeze. Uh, Gary Johnson, and he was coming yeah. back from Chicago where they had uh, they had I think it was I can't remember who the one of the it was uh, Christina Tobin of course, and then I, I can't remember who the they had a, a big guy on there. Um, it wasn't Wolf Blitz or was it? I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, but anyway, moderating the, the debate. Well, he was basically he was coming back uh, from Chicago, driving through Troy, Ohio, uh, to go back to Virginia. And I called him, and you know, because I said, you know, Virgil, I'd like to meet you, and you know, maybe do a, a you know, an in-person interview or just have a discussion, you know, about your campaign with you. And he agreed. And so I drove up to Troy, Ohio, and I was running late because of unforeseen construction. Well, I called him. I said, Virgil, I said, I, I guess I'm not going to be able to make it. I said, you know, because I'm running behind schedule, uh, you know, because of this, this construction. He's like, oh, don't, you know, you know, you have that real strong uh, southern accent. Oh, don't worry, Robert. And tell you what, just give me a call when you get up here and when you get close because it's in just this little town like thing, right? Um, and they're at this little diner. Uh, where they're stopping to have lunch. Well, I mean, I called him, and he gave me directions to the diner. I got there, and uh, he bought me a hamburger and fries, <laughs> actually. And, uh, yeah. you know, I got to meet his wife and his, uh, and his, you know, people on his campaign and got, a, you know, kind of a photo opportunity with them. And, I mean, just solid-earth guy. I mean, really solid-earth guy. And then uh, last year, uh, when I was on vacation, my family and I, we went uh, and met him for lunch. Uh, in Roanoke, Virginia, uh, at an Olive Garden, uh, not this past summer, but the this, this summer before that, and you know, had lunch with them, and, we, we were, and that's when we were talking about the things for the, the Trump campaign, things of that nature. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, you were talking about a salty guy. I mean, you wouldn't know this guy was in Congress for 12 years, and you know, was on you know many states. I think they had, were on 26 state ballots uh, for president. Yeah. But but you you just sit and talking with this guy, you you would thought just you know this. Guy from Virginia, you know, who <laughs> was just a regular folk, you know, <laughs> really. I mean, it would have been amazing having someone like him as, as president. I mean, so humble and, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to, it's an honor to, you know, develop a friendship with him. Yeah, I w- he was on the Constitution Party, of course, and I voted for him uh, in 2012 yeah, in Ohio. Yeah, we yeah, had Romney too. or Obama or him. And he, um, yeah, I didn't know he was in Congress that long. That's impressive. Twelve years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was in there for yeah, I was in there for a while, and then, um, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a call. I mean, you know, because I know he was, he was working on some projects, and I, I knew for a little bit he was. At least it seemed to me that he was kind of fading away from from doing anything political for a while. But I think he might be ready to get back into it. But yeah, uh, maybe you'll you know I'll talk to him, get him on, and then you can talk to those folks. And uh, we could get them all at the same yeah. time. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Just a little story about down to earth. Of course, Trafficant was a character first. He had been a quarterback of the U of Pitt and made the Steeler, uh, made the Steelers, and then got hurt in one of the practices. And he was, you know, he was one of those guys that a few few of the people I met in my life they're kind of bigger than life, you know, in a way. But they. He was primarily a character, but the first time when I was trying to work with him and finally we were going to start working together, the first time he ever called me instead of me calling him when he first time he called me uh, and I said, um, now, should I call you congressman or what should I? And he said, 
I heard over the phone, come on, call me Jim. <laughs> but I, I said, well, just checking. You know, I didn't want to insult him or anybody else, you know. Mr. Condit? Uh-huh. Um, have you got any response from uh, Steve Bannon from your open letter to Steve Bannon website yet? No, no, but I'm not sure he's seen it. As soon as I get done this report, which we're I'm agonizing over and trying to streamline more, I'll watch the vote and then the board approves it, watch the vote submission to the Presidential Election Commission, uh, which also has a section from Kelly, maybe two from Kelly, section from Jeff Liberty. Um then I'm going to turn my full attention to trying to get uh, a, the attention of Steve Bannon. And maybe if I can get – there's someone that – somebody I know knows who knows him. And um, I want to set up, a, 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 if possible, a, a, a dinner of one or two-hour meeting to try to get him to at least communicate to him for, for certain things they might do. <laughs> so no, I have not turned my attention to that. I have not got any response. Um, you know, from that. Put the... I'm sorry. But also, we we have an email up there that I Nikki's sick, so I don't know if anybody's checking it. That would be, I think I I think I though did I give him phone number on there? I hope I did. But if he emailed, then it might be sitting there, which would be scandalous. I'll have to check that email. But anyway, go ahead. You know, he put together the MAGA coalition group, right? Yes, yes. And that's they're the ones trying to defeat 15 of the 16 rhinos that are in the Republican primaries coming up. I wonder if there's any way for um, you and maybe um, this show, Robert, to partner with him through the MAGA coalition and do a show with them to help get the word out. So, but I'll take the lead. Too many controversies, too many attacks me on the internet that are false. But I may understand that. I I I'd try for an off the record meeting with him though, if he if he would do any meeting or with someone he, he uh, recommended. But yeah, it would be good to get him on the show, and he might do it uh, because of the fact that they're trying to drum up support for what they're doing. You know. Yeah, I think certainly. Yeah, well, we can talk about. Go ahead. The longevity of blog of Bar, Bar's logic, you know, and that you're on the uh, talk, blog talk radio, and you can see the longevity of what, if how long you've done the show, might be a good selling point for him to at least come on for a half hour, forty five minutes. You know. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I, was I guess to, you know. Go ahead. I would say I guess he's right book. I'm not I hear sure you're a breakup there for a minute, Jim. I just, I guess he's working at Breitbart in D.C., I guess. Well, I've seen the thing on TV where he was back at the helm of Breitbart, but then he also put together the MAGACoalition.com to, you know, help Trump get the right people in office and to push Trump's agenda. Right. Right, and that's and that's maybe where it would be, uh, Robert, if you decide to contact him, maybe the, the Make America Great Coalition is the place to do it. 
because that would be a much smaller staff at this point. Probably a lot easier to get to this his secretary or something. Oh, he's giving me his uh, his gatekeeper. <laughs> his what? His yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they do all have them. I mean, it's it's a. They, they they do all have them because a lot of people that approach them are crazy, and another of the and, and some of them just think they got great ideas and they don't, and then some of us like some of them like myself only appear to be crazy, but they have trouble t- telling the difference, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I don't fall in any of those categories. <laughs> well, I know, John. Hey, now I resemble that. I mean, that. <laughs> put a little Kelly action on you there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. If we can, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be. I mean, I, do you have uh, the gentleman you were talking about earlier? I mean, did, did, I thought you you had some. Well, we can talk about that off air. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is about. We only got about twenty eight minutes uh, of the show left, and of course, uh, the last ten minutes I'll have to uh, shut things down. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, and we, we we didn't have uh, Dr. Colbert. I don't know. I even texted him. Uh, we lost his call a while ago. I don't know what happened. Um, so and I, I try to uh, shoot him a text, but uh, I have not gotten a response. So I hope he's okay. I'm not used to his, you know, his uh, call dropping without getting a, a text or anything. But maybe something happened with his phone actually, and he couldn't text back. Well, we still Maybe have uh, yourself uh, and Kelly on the line. Uh, so, Kelly, uh, Kel, if you want to make some additions there, and then Susan. And then, unfortunately, in about uh, 15 minutes, we'll have to go ahead and, and get ready to, to close things up for tonight. But, yeah, let's definitely work on those. I know there's a few other folks, you know, I have tried to get on, but kind of stopped because, man, yeah, uh, like one, for instance, is, um, you know, of course, I was trying to get Bevan back on, but now that he's governor, he's kind of harder to get a hold of, but uh, I'm, I am have tried to get uh, Mike Odioso back on this. Well, I don't know if he's ever come to this show, but I have uh, spoke with him, and I think he's working with uh, one of the governor campaigns, gubernatorial mm-hmm. campaigns. I think he's working with Kasich's uh, 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 the lieutenant governor. I think he's working with her or for her or something of that nature off the touch base. So perhaps, you know, of course, with now with 2018 getting to roll around, uh, we're definitely going to be looking to try to get more, you know, different candidates and things of that nature, uh, you know, back on. And, you know, one one of the things I would have, you know, I, I guess I slipped away from is, you know, doing more local people. But, uh, Jim, like I, I had an opportunity where I could have probably interviewed a few more of the local people here running for city council. Um, but, you know, that, I guess that kind of fell through the cracks. Like I probably could have gotten Amy Murray, Amy Murray back on and, and then there was uh, another gentleman who I, I wasn't you. I got those tickets to go uh, to some Republican uh, dinner or something of that nature, where some yeah, of the Republican candidates for city council were running. And I got some cards that just we just never were able to get get anything going to get them on the show. Did you go to that event? I did. Oh, good, good, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been. I I'll go remember. again. As I said, I mean, I got some cards that just. It didn't really materialize getting getting them on the show, but now with the election, as I said, I mean time flew so so you know so fast. But I've you know and I've had uh, and I think that was early in the year, and, and and frankly, I just had some things come up, you know, on a personal note, especially with you know since May, I've had three friends pass away since May, so I've been kind of wow. dealing with those things as well. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I had uh, three friends. Yes, were they I had all three your, friends passed away. Young? Were they all young? Uh, one was thirty-nine. One uh, was just six months older than me, and I won't divulge my age. But uh, <laughs> and oh. then uh, and then well, you know how old I am about Jim. Uh, but yeah. no, was only six months older than me. It was a friend. I, I was a friend of mine for thirty years. I mean, I've we, I've known him since high. You know, let's see how much he's up again. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I knew him for for quite some time, and and then I just had uh, on uh, October the tenth, uh, the friend and neighbor, uh, she passed away at age uh, forty nine of a heart attack. Are, are these all? Were the others cancer? No, one uh, was uh, she fell downstairs and broke her neck. And then the and other, that was uh, 39. She, 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 she died from breaking her neck? Yes. You mean and then, right um, I'm sorry? She died right away? No. No, she had, okay. to my understanding, she passed away in her, her husband's arms. And, well, uh, what I mean, though, you mean, you mean she, she fell on the steps and died within a week? No, she died within, out, within minutes. Oh my gosh! What a boy! That is that is a tragedy. That's even more shocking than cancer or heart attack. Yeah, she she fell down. Yeah, she fell downstairs, broke her neck, and her husband found her, and he was holding her, and she passed away in his arms. Oh my gosh! What a tragedy. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, he, he heard her, and then um, he heard her down downstairs, and and then uh, my other friend, he got pulmonary fibrosis, and you know, and and then he passed away, and then so I, I I had to go out of town for that. And then on October the uh, October the tenth, uh, friend, yeah, she he had a massive heart attack and passed away. Well, age forty nine. Well, everything's in God's hands, but uh, try to drink your juice, fresh juice, or do something that be stay alkaline, because a lot of times. Uh, in the in the natural order, bodies go to acid, and then they have get cancer or heart attacks. Yeah, I try to keep myself alive with uh, beer, but no. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate thing I always joke and say, as long as the, you know, the the book, the pH miracle, talks about you got to keep your pH near seven point three. If it gets too much into the sixes, you get cancer. And or if you get just a little bit, you get a cold. You know, we go in and out having cold. But um, everything we love—meat, bread, all that stuff—is acid causing in our body. And the only things that are alkaline causing are your uh, your vegetables and most of your fruits. So that's why the juicing is kind of a silver bullet, like of lemon, uh, peeled lemon, of course, cucumbers, celery, and carrot. Juicing that 16 ounces a day through a Jacqueline juice or something, that alkalizes your body. So I jokingly tell people, as long as what you're eating tastes like your front lawn, you're okay. But, uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. There's really so many. It's in hey, the book my garden tastes better than my front lawn. <laughs> and the nuts, but, the nuts and berries are good, too. That Yeah, that's absolutely. The nuts are good. Uh, that that it, it, And uh, the berries are I believe all alkaline. The berries are really uh, good fruits, but pH miracle goes through all the, f- the foods that cause acid and all the foods that cause 
uh, alkaline. And unfortunately, the ones I love are almost all in the cause acid. And we should eat, we should eat about, you know, we should eat a lot of those foods, but it should be like 30 acid causing, 70 alkaline causing. And Americans are eating 70 to 80 acid causing and only 20 to 30 alkaline causing, which is why a lot of people over a period of decades start to go acid when they get into their 50s, 60s, 70s, sometimes earlier. But uh, well, anyway, yeah, that's all in the first 40 pages of Ph Miracle, which I think is, I don't, I don't say take any book as infallible, but it's probably worth everybody's time to take a look at that, uh, uh, those 40 pages at some point, even if it's just in a library or in a bookstore. But uh, by Robert. So, so, would, so would you say stay off the acid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, def- definitely. But we're talking food here, so. <laughs> gotcha. but, uh, yeah 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 the uh anyway sorry for that diversion but i see i hear being the oldest of 11 brothers and sisters and 60 nieces and nephews mostly from my brothers and sisters though it seems like a month doesn't go by that i don't hear somebody in the range of 40 to 70 has been diagnosed suddenly with cancer or heart heart serious heart condition And, and some of yeah, that, I mean, we're all... And you, you know, all we, I mean, we are hearing more and more about it. It's true. We are... Uh, I'm getting tired of hearing about it, let me tell you. Yeah, we are um, all have genetic weaknesses, of course. And uh, I, uh, I, I, my weakness has always been my lungs. Not severely, but I still uh, take an... I still carry an inhaler with me. Not that I got to use it every day, but... If I had a weakness, it's my lungs, you know, and some people have a weakness in their heart and some people have a weakness in their kidney or somewhere else, you know. So um, all we can do is try to keep within the bounds of uh, health. And, uh, of course, ultimately everything's in God's hand. I always say no matter how much vitamin C you're going to take, you're going to die someday. You know, so it's all ultimately in God's hands. But in the natural order, we should try to do what we can do to remain relatively healthy. You know, we should try to. They do what we can do to, you know, follow the natural laws to stay as healthy as we can and do our work while we still have energy. And I, I'm sure you all feel the same. I don't want to spend the last five or 10 years of my life in a bed where I can't get out of the bed. So, you know, I'm doing right. my best with my juicing. So sorry, sorry about this, Robert. I've, I've involved, I have some friend, one of my, just one of my friends who, when we start talking, he says, now you're not allowed to re- go into a juicing lecture while we're talking. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry about so that's that. the nature of uh, Bart's logic. See, you get all kinds of good information. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, send me a text or an email on that information to uh, get a hold of that guy, and we'll we'll work on that and see what we can, we can do. And I'll call Virgil okay. back, you know, and, and, okay. you know, Virgil and see if I get him on the um, – Sure. Online. So I do see we got about uh, 10 minutes left before I have to uh, close things out. So let's give everybody a couple minutes to do some closing comments. So we'll go with you. Uh, first, we'll go with uh, with you, Susan, and then John, and then Kelly, and then you, uh, Jim, and then I'll have to close things out. Uh, uh, go ahead, Susan. Okay. Well, I'm going to get totally off so you can give you <clears throat> some information. Um I got a couple of interesting articles. Uh, thousands of candy brands are found to contain lead. So this, you know, the Halloween candies and stuff you give out. You you have to check, 
<laughs> I thought you'd be interested. Mexico, they're coming into California from Mexico, China, and India. And um, so we we have to read where, you know, and I like to sell one candy that we had bought. And it's coming from Switzerland, but distributed by Hershey. So it was interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we know what lead does from Flint, uh, Michigan. Um, mostly these are the important ones, like I said, from Mexico, China, and India. So you might want to start reading your labels, for not just for the ingredients, but for the countries it comes from. And now we have an answer to many things. Um, this is about dogs. Um, they have checked. And they've lost their ability to make cause and effect connections because of how they're kept. Wolves have not. Um, and humans are becoming less intelligent, it said. Also, same thing, dumbed down, you know. Uh, many humans could not find shelter and food out in the wild and become food for the wolves themselves with the way they, uh, millennials have problems changing light bulbs, boiling egg, uh, devoid of useful skills and completely dependent on uh, the government for their survival. Isn't that nice to know people like that vote? Uh, no wonder our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Westerners are losing 14 IQ points on the average since Victorian times. But some animals are still intelligent. Crows understand the cause and effect and will drop stones in a tube of water in order to make a treat further to the surface. Parrots understand pulling a string for a special test will bring them a treat. So there's still hope with Crohn's <laughs> parrots, I guess. But you can see why we have these problems getting through to people because obviously there's just, they're dumbed down, and that's what's going on. And now the last tidbit information, I knew you would want to hear this, Robert. I knew you would. There are overlarge Asian goldfish in the city of St. Albert in Canada. They're gigantic, <laughs> and they, nothing has, has has killed them off. They tried. They threw them out, you know, the little fish that looks cute. They tried freezing them. They tried opening some electric current. It did not work. <laughs> so uh, maybe that's what happened to their politicians. I don't know. But um, they're, they're having a, a, real, a real battle with these mutant goldfish that have survived mutant all attempts at eradication. Mutant goldfish, yes, indeed. And I thought Bard Logic, Logic said you should hear this. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, John. Everybody, have a great week. Come back next Wednesday all refreshed. Go to BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com and check out all the links. Share it with all your family and friends and let everybody know y'all come back now, you hear? Back to you, Robert. And I'm actually thinking about doing, uh, I was thinking about this tonight, is, is perhaps doing the show at about, um, you know, because things have changed. I know I had to do it for like 9 o'clock uh, or 10 o'clock for a long time, and I'm actually have considering doing it at 9 Eastern time. And I'll keep people posted on whether that's something uh, that uh, I'll be doing. So I will keep you posted on that. I think that that might work uh, work well. Eventually, maybe I'll get it to eight, but well, maybe we'll do it one hour at a time. <laughs> but I'm considering that starting next week. Uh, but thank you very much, and let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly, and then 
Jim, then unfortunately I'll have to close things out for tonight. Go ahead. Sorry, I was on I was on mute there. Um boy. Sedasium ain't so bad. Uranium and avoid the administration if you ever elected in the um, country has problems, folks, and I hope go back to our original as the founders intended. I wish they would have clarified on. Oh boy, we're just going to see a war with Trump. Um, I'm going to flip a coin whether he's going to get removed from office or not. Um, don't know what to say. I guess continue to be active, folks, and keep voting and researching and telling your friends and. See if we can uh, sustain our country. That's about it, Robert. Well, thank you, uh, Kelly, and uh, we'll see you next week, and uh, we bring it over to you, Jim. Um, of course, my opinion is no better than anyone else's on this. I'll be very surprised if they can find a way to remove Trump from office before the four years, but I could be wrong. You know, we'll say, as Trump would say, we'll have to see what happens, you know, but we don't know what the left or Trump is holding in reserve to pull out when it really goes to war. But um, uh, I think Trump's biggest advantage has been Twitter. When he goes out, he reaches 17 million or somebody said now between Facebook and, and Twitter, he has like 85 million people. So, yeah, that was during the campaign. He had some news. So when he goes out, he's reaching way more people than are watching any of the television stations. Um, I'll just close up with one little thing um, Susan brought up about the uh, lead that's coming from other countries. I know an excellent vitamin formulator. I don't know him personally, but I bought his stuff for years named David Elliott out of Canada. One of his great products was Electric C, which detoxified your body. Uh, and actually, I, I got rid of asthma for 10 years when I was taking that. Then they discontinued it. But he discontinued making any vitamins. He's about 70 now. But he recently shut down his company because he said he couldn't find any vitamin makers in America that he and, 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 and the ones in India and China he can't trust. And unless they make his stuff exactly as he says, it doesn't work, you know. So he shut it down, which is not good. But there's a Dr. John Gray, uh, we've always heard of the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Everyone's heard of the book. I've oh, only yeah. met one person. I only met one person that read it, but his website is marsvenus.com, and he's turned his attention to health. And I, he has a 10-minute video on each of his products. But one of the products on his website is Zeolite, Z-E-O-L-I-T-E. I've got a thing of this and use it occasionally and it, it's he's got a, a little higher brand than what I bought but what I got is good and you take it in water every you can take it every day or you can take it uh, every once in a while but it has no taste you could put it in with fruit juice or with like a green powder or whatever and uh, it pulls metals out of your body you can watch his video it traps toxins and metals and then pulls them out of your body there's a lot of people that pr- promote it Dr. Gabriel Cousins uh uh, him, uh, doctor, there's a few other doctors, but anyway, so tonight, the last, uh, after dark turned into a little bit of a health discussion, but, uh, marsvenus.com, any of those products are interesting, but the, you might, if you're interested in kind of reducing the heavy metals that maybe have snuck into our body, go to the zeolite product. And as I say, Dr. John Gray has a 10 minute, roughly a 10 minute video on each product, uh, product. So with that, uh, Robert, I'll throw it to you to close the show up.
Well, I appreciate it, everybody. And, uh, of course, as always, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And what we'll do, uh, yeah, I guess I got a few uh, few minutes, and I was going to mention something. I can't dang well remember what it was. <laughs> hey, oh, well. You know, well, I guess Robert, I have to... What's that? Robert, does Jim know Joe Wallach, W-A-L-L-A-C-H? Yeah, he's the guy that... He's the guy that made the most famous health tape of all time, Dead Doctors Don't Lie. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know that book. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a tape, too. And his big yeah, thing was, uh, his big thing was, I believe his big thing was was minerals. I'm trying to remember now what, what was the the punchline of his uh, of his tape now. I should know that. I I listened to that and I I followed his advice, but yeah, Doctor Joel Wallach, I he um I'm not the holistic I'm, and natural organic. Yeah, yep. yeah. I can't okay. remember. I think the tape. The, the, I think the. Yeah, I think the punchline of his tape was that you needed to get the right minerals. I I'm, I'm having a little glitch. This this came out in the late nineties. Route ninety eight, but uh, he's still around. I've heard him on a tape or two. Yeah. Yeah, I heard him just last year or earlier this year. Dead politicians don't lie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, don't even take a stand. <laughs> well, all right, folks. Well, then, well, well. Yeah, we'll all let right. you know. Yeah, I'll let you know about the, going to nine o'clock uh, next week. Uh, you know, I just figured that. Uh, I know we'll, we'll we'll try that as a time, but of course uh, I will uh, close out tonight as I do every night, and that is uh, with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. And if you'd like to hear uh, my interview with her, she was one of the earliest interviews that I've ever done. Uh, you can go back way back in the archives, and as uh, Jim mentioned, uh, we have been doing the show here for about uh, five years now. Can't <laughs> believe that! Wow. Um, so you talk about longevity, and yeah, we've been doing uh, doing it since uh, I, gosh, I remember what month, but it was in 2012. Uh, so I've been doing the show ever since. I can't believe it's been that long. But <laughs> be that as it may, uh, you can go way back to the archives and, and hear my interview with her. Uh, but anyway, you can go www.albreyashper.com. So take care, folks. Good night, and we'll see night. you next time. Okay, night. Good night.